Live from the Drew Estate Cigar Studio in Boston, Massachusetts, welcome to the Spare Notes series with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and William Cooper. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Spare Notes series. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokinTobacco.com, and I am joined once again by my very good friend, Mr. William Cooper of Cigar-Coop.com. Uh, it's been a busy couple of weeks. There's been a lot of traveling, not so much by me, but... Uh, by William right. Cooper, <laughs> and uh, we'll hear all about that. We got the Alan, uh, the uh, Alec, uh, Alec Bradley sale we're finally going <laughs> to talk about. PCA is moving to March, and everything in between. So, guys, welcome to the show. Coop, you're looking fan-fucking-tastic tonight. Um, we're, we're starting some upgrades in the studio here, yep. Yeah, so this was the you. first cut tonight, yep. Can I just say that in this quality, I mean, y- you look like, a big time major league baseball manager who's giving like the post game conference or has to answer the tough questions. You look just as good as Gabe Kapler. I just want to throw that out there. That's a total insult. (laughs) I take that as a personal insult. I look like (laughs) Rob Thompson. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Oh, that was won a national league championship. I just might add. Didn't win a World Series, but you know it came close. Capital um, hasn't won a playoff series yet, so I mean, uh, <laughs> no, we did. We, we played great <laughs> last year. This year's gonna be a tough year, but uh, yeah. The um, sorry, I, I'm making a um, last minute game time decision on the cigar that I'm gonna smoke tonight. So, well, one of the cigars, my first one. Um, I uh, it's good to see you. I know you that too. you you just came back from your fourth trip to Florida in like two months. Yeah. Uh, yeah, four trips in, in in two months, two in one week. Damn. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, now um, uh, I'm good to be home. I know my weekend travel is going to be – I'm not going to have weekend travel for a while, which is good. So I just wrapped up Great Smoke weekend, and that was the end of the weekend cigar travel for a while. Um, yep. Sorry, I was just uh, <coughs> I was trying to suppress a cough, but then it kind of still came out. Um, yeah. So, you, I mean, you went to, not only did you go to Puro Sabor, then you went to Pro Cigar, you went to yep. the Great Smoke. Um, I'm trying to think. Did you go somewhere else the f- too? Yeah, the fourth trip was non-cigar related. Okay. Um. Yeah, the fourth trip was non-cigar related, but each of those other trips had a Miami visit wrapped around it. So I did a couple of days in Miami each year. Yeah, I mean, it's Miami. I mean, it's the greatest city in North America uh, to go for me, at least. Mm. My favorite city in North America. According to Hector, Uh, you know, Hector Alfonso was on our show this week. Oh, I have. uh, I heard all all those little uh, imitations and stuff. Yeah. Did you think I was trying to hide it from you? I mean, no shame. (laughs) I I mean, yeah. I mean. uh, (laughs) Look, to be Uh, fair. Hector, Hector. To be fair, how many times. smoke. How many times have you, have we been on the show and you're over there doing Jose Blanco? Well, you know, cool. And then someone does you and you get all bent out of shape. No, I, I, it's got to be a good. You know, there, you know who you know who, there's a guy who used to work for Hector. He okay. was his national sales manager named Fernando Zacharias. And I'm telling you, Fernando did the best me. He did a better me than me. It's like he really did a good me. This guy Fernando. Um, you, he usually still shows up at Lazona Palooza, so. If you if you go to Lazona Palooza and anyone goes there, ask him to do the coop invitation. I, 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 he is actually really good. He has he has it really nailed down. 
Um, so I'll give him that. But it was funny because, you know, I was supposed to hang with Hector on Wednesday night, right? And, yeah, yeah I'll meet you tomorrow night, Coop. And then he's like, oh, I can't meet you until, like, 9 o'clock. <laughs> I think he forgot about the show. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. And then he told me, he yeah. was like, oh, after this, I got to go see William Cooper. And I said, well, they go, we're not doing a William Cooper show. You wouldn't have time to go see William Cooper. So. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> but, uh, no, no, I mean, I totally understood. I mean, Hector was very generous with his time, so it was, it was, all, it was all good. Um. So no, no problem with that. What are you smoking over there? I'm going to light up the Villiga Vencedora. Um, oh, those are the ones now, that just shipped out? Those are the ones that just shipped out. So I am smoking this one right off the truck. But it was. Um, but why I wanted to smoke this is this is coming now from the new Villiga factory. So that you just visited. Is, that oh, I no. didn't visit. No, you didn't. Visit. Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> it was a little mix yeah. up with that. But we're all cool with Villiga now. Um, Villiga did mess things up with my visit there. Uh, but they were making these at Hoya de Nicaragua, and they moved it over to the Villager factory, which is kind of right next door to Hoya. Okay. So, um, and Vencedora is one of my favorite Villager blends. Uh, this has made the top 15 on Coupe uh, a few years ago. I think 2018 it made it. So it, it's, it's a solid blend, and I'm really looking forward to smoking it. Yeah, I got those the other day. Um, to be honest with you, I, I forgot I had them, or else I probably, probably would have grabbed some myself. Um, just want to give a quick shout out. Mitchell is not on the show tonight, but he is in the comments. Uh, Dan Thompson is with us tonight, who yep. we haven't so Dan seen last in a week. while. Yep. So. And it's, so it's great. Just I want to just take the minute to just celebrate that Dan Thompson is here with us tonight. So thank yeah, you, Dan. Absolutely. Uh, I had a, a wonderful time. I got to see him down at the Great Smoke. Uh, the McAuliffe team uh, did a great job down there. So... Uh, they, it was great to see him. I hadn't seen him since PCA, so a uh, wonderful time I had there. And I am smoking the Coalexion Especial from Gurkha in the Robusto size. Good good, good cigar. I mean, that yeah. cigar, is. If, if folks haven't tried that, and you have impressions of Gurkha, take the impressions of Gurkha out of your head and smoke that cigar. It's a, it's a really good cigar. I, I, you know, I agree, and I've been telling people, you know, for the last, like, two years, a year and a half, uh, look, whatever your, you know, feelings on Gurkha might be, wipe them clean and try, try it again. Just, you yep. know, don't do, if yep. you don't do it for me, do it for yourself, do it for your fellow cigar smokers. Uh, Gurkha has made some changes. They got a great team over there. I can't say enough about them. Yep, I agree. Uh, um, Juan, Juan, Bianca, uh great pete i saw juan down there as well he by the way juan was at the great smoke the day after he walked his daughter down the aisle i saw that i mean it's that that's commitment I, I, that is commitment uh i gotta give give him give him credit so congratulations to juan on that hector alfonso is with us here tonight too jay davis we got all of our all of our regulars here yeah. mike's here tonight gracie's here oh man it's gonna be a good show i'm getting really excited I'm yep. really excited. Uh, but, yeah, so I don't know. I don't even know what to get into first. There's a lot we can talk about. And as Dan said before, he needs to get caught up. So we have there's, Jay in the a, comments. Jay is our is our, is our our resident um, in the comments, though. He's not on the show. But in the comments, he's our resident PCA kind of commentator when we get into that topic. Um, Mitchell is – <laughs> Oh, shots fired at Jay. Oh, my no, God. No, not Jay. Not Jay. PCA. We have to get into that. Oh, no. That's the other organization. Never mind. No, we can get into PCA. That's that other organization that, that yeah, we don't want to get into that. 
Yeah. So uh, so Jay, Jay Jay will uh, be chiming in on that topic. I'm sure. Yeah. I, yeah yep. Um, but I mean, this is so much. The last last time we were on, we did our end of the year show because we had to push it off so many times, and we finally got it done. So that's out of the way. Now we can move on to other business, and we can kind of get into everything else that we got going on in the industry now. First things first, let's get it out of the way. Um, actually, let's not get this out of the way. Um, but I am, and you are cutting and lighting our cigars tonight with Cigar Blondie accessories. Featuring the signature double guillotine cutter and the flat blade flame. This is running out of fuel. Uh, available in three magical finishes. Chrome, white, and black. Coop's using the black set. I get the chrome set. Absolutely. Only available yep. cigarblondie.com. Go check them out today. Um, but let's get this one out of the way because I know that everyone uh, had heard this first day of TPE. I think you sent it to me. I woke up in my hotel room. You had already had the news with the time difference and all. You were four hours ahead of me. Um, Alec Bradley is the latest brand to be sold to STG. There it is. Let's run with it. Thoughts and impressions. You know, the interesting thing was when I think I may have told this story to someone already, but somewhere, but I was in, I was at Pro Cigar. And let me just kind of preface this. This was not a surprise story. It was it was a it was something that had been people were talking about. It it was a rumor, right? But you know, a lot of times I hear stuff like this all the time and gets talked about and it goes nowhere, right? This one, you know, I kind of dismissed it to be honest with you, right? But there were there were several different people in the industry who were saying that this might happen. So when it happened, I was sitting in a Manuel Casada blending seminar at Pro Cigar, and literally as the thing happened, um, the new I got I got the press release. Okay, but the, you know there were two press releases, right? I think I heard that. Or not. Yeah. Okay, so I got the press release from Scandinavian Tobacco Company, right? Which everyone didn't get that, so I had that. I got um, it, and I lit- so you had the STG one, right? Yes, yes. It had the the difference is that one had the price in there. Hmm. That that one actually had the price in there, and I'll tell you a little story about that in a second about that. Um, and so I literally had my wife. We I said just we we normally kind of massage the press releases a bit. I said just go with it. I said we just got to go with it because we got to get this out there. So it went out there. Now it turned out that um. When I was at Pro Cigar, you know, I got and, and at Pro Cigar, I got to know Greg Matola from Cigar Aficionado, very nice guy, and he was kind of wondering how I had the price for that thing, right? Because they didn't have originally the price for that, right? Um, and he knew where I was. He knew I was at Pro Cigar, and I said it was in a press release, and he's like, "No, it wasn't in the press release." He's like, "Yes, it was." I, and then I showed it to him, and he didn't have actually he didn't have the STG one. He had the other one that came from uh, Alec Bradley, from from from, from Victoria or General. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so not everyone had the price in there originally. Um, so, yeah, that's how that went down. And then the rest of the week was everyone asking me how much I think their company's worth. Well, it was the talk of the trade show, at least the first two days. I mean – Well, yeah, you guys – so you guys were at – yeah, you guys were at the trade show. That's right, and I'm at Pro Cigar. We were, so we were there. I mean, Bradley was there. Um, you know, I got that story, and we hadn't gone even gone over to the convention center yet, and I'm like, I know where we're going. Alec Bradley, first thing in the morning, and luckily enough, our friends Kevin and Barbara uh, were working at that booth that day, and I texted Kevin. I said, you make sure 
we're getting in there. Like, uh, the second those doors are open, I'm gunning for that booth. And he's like, yep. And we went in there, and I saw Bradley, and I said, well, you know why I'm here? And he goes, well, yeah, because we have, you know, some great cigars. And I said, I love you, Bradley. <laughs> yeah, right. don't, don't be fucking coy with me. And he just laughed. <laughs> and I'm like, you're the first one. He's like, all right, let's do it. And I got a lot of, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. The deal isn't I final. <laughs> But well, they had to, the problem is, and a lot of people say, well, why did they do that to poor Bradley, right? Mm. Like, put, this is what I believe, okay? They had to announce, this is a publicly traded company, SCG, um, and it was a little different than the Boost, because Boost was more of a brand, acquiring the brand rights. This was acquiring the company Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Right. So they, I think they had to announce it. Um, they had to announce it. With the idea of trying to close the deal by a certain date, so they can put it into their financial uh, report, is what they wanted to right, do. Right, right, right. Yeah, they they had to get it out there. They had to get it out. So a lot of people, why they do that? They had that was no choice. STG basically said, "We want this because they were doing their year end stuff on March 8th. because they wanted they have, that deal closed before. Yep. Because they have shareholders. That's mm -hmm. why. And you want to tell your shareholders, "Wow, look what we just got!" You know, this year. So. It, w it had to be done like that. Um, the more I looked at this deal, right, and, and everyone on the surface said it didn't make sense. But the more I looked at it, I kind of understood it. Maybe they did pay a little more than they should. But, again, this one thing I'm going to say is that STG has been looking at this for – this has been a couple of years they've been looking at this, right? This ain't something that they've started looking at yesterday. So they've had – they have, believe me, they have bean counters and financial people looking at this stuff who really know it, a lot more than any of us know what they're doing. But, you know, the more I think about it, I don't think STG wanted to acquire a factory or farms here. I think it was a brand they were looking to acquire. And I can just tell you, Alec Bradley is one of the best performing brands, at least on Cigar Coop, right? I don't they say that doesn't mean anything, but, I mean, they're, they're like number six behind the big four and Fuente. In terms of traffic, there's a lot of people. Alec probably just gets a lot of attention out there, mm -hmm. and I see it in catalogs all the time. They're in a lot of stores, so do, I can't say if 72 million was a number. Other than I can say that I understand why they wanted this because this gives them a major brand presence right now. Well, it's interesting. I mean, you gotta remember they're buying a brand that has no factory, no farm. Uh, you have a sales team and an office and an inventory, and then obviously trademarks, and that's really it. Um, and w you know, Hector was on the show earlier this week, and you know, I think Mitchell asked him the question. I can't remember. It came up uh, this on this topic, and you know, Hector, you know, said his kind of two cents on it or whatever, and kind of with the generalization of like, hey, it's not really something you know. Like, yeah, it's something people think about, but it's not something that we're really focused on. We're focused on ourselves and whatever. But he made a comment, and, I'm, and this isn't about Espinosa. This is kind of like a, a general thing right. that I'm thinking. But he kind of made, like, a comment I, along the lines of, you know, but you see Alec Bradley, $72 million and a half, and you're like, hmm, that's interesting. You know, and he, and he said something like, you know, and then, you know, people like us, then it's like, oh, well, I wonder what Espinosa's worth. And Espinosa well, has, has a factory. Like, they got a little bit more. So it's like, you know, other brands yeah. out there now, and this could really apply to anyone. You get other brands in that in that similar size space, right, who maybe have more physical asset or real estate asset than Alec Bradley does, right? Not that Alec Bradley was bad. Just 
there's other companies that, that have more to them, right? So you go, wow, they got $72.5 million. We're about the same size. We make maybe a little bit less. We got our own factory. We got a farm. What are we worth? Well, everyone was asking me that in the DR. That's exactly what the question was going on. And the answer is, I really can't answer that question. I mean, I'm, again, I'm not a. That's why they have, like, company. They have. They bring in valuation experts to do this type of stuff. But it's a fair question. The question is exactly right. Um, I I can't say. You know, factories. I think are more based on. And someone could correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's more based on not necessarily size, but tobacco inventory. I think that's what really is probably more. Well, here, well, here's some. Well, here's two comments. Jay, Jay had said. Let me go back. Jay said, "Plus, SDG already sells seventy percent of Alec Bradley. All about margins, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and then Dan Thompson said, physical asset may or may not drive value. Thoughts? He's right. Yeah, he may be right on that. Yeah." I'm going to trust Dan on that one because he knows a lot more about this than me. Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. So, um, so yeah, a good point. But I think also what you said, too, and, and, you know, one of the things that I've learned, you know, going down and visiting factories and seeing inventory as well as you have is what you just said right before that is right. Tobacco inventory. Tobacco inventory, from what I've learned firsthand, is like currency. I mean, there's there's value there. I mean, I I would I would think that if, if someone a company saw somewhat a factory, I'm like, okay, yeah, nice. But then they had you know, fifty thousand bales of tobacco that's been sitting in a warehouse. With all you know, it's like, oh, well, we can do stuff with that. Well, yes and no. I mean, so the thing I've kind of heard from bigger companies is that they don't like tobacco inventory. The bean counters don't like it. Because especially when it's aging, like it's not doing anything. So they don't look at it. They look at it sometimes as a negative, like why you have all this tobacco. I mean, and that, you know, that's something that we don't think of. we may think about it different. Like, hey, it's sitting there and it's like gold. It's, it's a commodity. It's getting more valuable. But bean counters are looking at that very differently. So it's hard to true. gauge that is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, and every company is different in terms of what yeah. they have and how they operate. Yeah. So. I would say, you know, STG, you know, let's just use SP, STG as the as the uh, the common denominator, right? Um, you know, they're going to look at Alec Bradley differently than they did with Room 101, obviously. And then let's say, let's throw it, let's just throw a name out there, okay? Illusione. They're going to look at them different from the other two. Uh, so, it, I mean, it's like a case-by-case case thing, right? So, it's like, it's, there's not a universal method to why yeah. and how and what they acquire. It's, you know, they look at everybody specifically. Okay, well, what do you have? What do you have to offer? What they look at all the aspects. And, you know, it kind of gets custom value based on needs of STG and the value of what that said company right. has and what they plan to do with it. Because I'm sure that goes into it, too. It's like, you know, they're going to look into a brand, see its value, what they have. But it's also like, all right, we buy this brand. What are we doing with it? You know, you have to have a plan. You don't just buy something just to buy it i mean they bought these they bought these brands because they were like oh we can do this with this or oh we're gonna put this here and there you know like oh we already sell all these we've take this in it's more you know it, it there's a there's a reason people don't just spend money they spend it for a reason so right obviously of course you're gonna look at you know well why are we buying this based on what now we know uh so yeah i'm sure there was a, a, an attack plan um very high number uh the rubens are all set. 
I would say is safe to say. They're all set at that number. Uh, and now we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with Alec Bradley. Yeah, um, I, you know, I actually, Bear and I talked about this on our show. And I posed the question, is this good or bad for the cigar industry? And I actually answered this. I think it's a good thing for the cigar industry, at least up front, that, that a family-owned company can sell for that amount of money. Good for that's a good thing when we see it, it, it gives people hope when you get into the cigar industry that you know you can build something. Now, I may say in three years, if General screws this one up, right? Um, you know, one is I'll blame Justin, but two, um, <laughs> wow, right, because we blame Justin for everything, right? That goes wrong there, comments, but two, but 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 yeah, but but no, I'm just saying if they screw it up, I may say a different answer, but right now, I, I can't, I can't fault them. I mean, I, I saw Bradley at the Great Smoke and Really, it wasn't a setting to have a conversation. But my one question, to Bradley, is Bradley, I still want to hang out with you, man. And he was like, "Absolutely." I said, "I'm holding you to this now. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not forget." And and I did tell him that the uh, Ruben family is getting the cigar, uh, the cigar to your award. That is going to his father. I told him that, and I said, you know, so he uh, was thankful. That, nothing against STG. That that was that award was given when the award happened when. The Rubens own that. It's just I didn't have the physical plaque with me yet. Right. So that, but so that you know, if but yeah, that's how that's going. I agree. Yeah, that's the right yeah. thing to do. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, they 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 oversaw the creation, production, and all of that cigar. That yeah, I, yep. of course, yeah, they deserve it. They they they're the ones that put in the work. Um, so I I I agree with you on that one. Yeah, but yeah. Yes, I mean, yeah. but the other but here's the other thing too. So. We get on this topic, and it's like, okay, so now this this sale is closed. So last year we saw Room 101. This year we got Alec Bradley. Was it two or three years ago? Was Royal Agio? When was Royal Agio? Royal Agio was 19. Was 19. Yeah. A little over three. Okay. So who's next? Because you know there's someone else. You know that well, there's another transaction. I'm not gonna. I don't count the room 101 one. I know you guys think it's a big deal. It wasn't. I don't think that was. Well, I didn't say it was a big deal, but it was still an no, acquisition. No, no. Yeah, I'm not. But so I mean, there were two. These were. I'm talking about the physical company acquisitions. That's mm -hmm. why I'm just. That's why I'm putting that one separate. Um, I don't know necessarily. I don't see them doing another one this year. I not don't this see year. It. Maybe next year, but uh, I don't. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, there's there are can there are companies out there. I think the one that and you and I. Maybe we could say this now. I mean, the one I would look at is probably Davidoff. I mean, that's the one I would look at that they're a target. And it's so funny because you and I have had this conversation. Yeah. And this is a conversation about Davidoff that's been around for a long time. But we've been saying this more and more recently. And you and I know people who know people, and we hear things. And you've mentioned the name Davidoff for sale. And people are like, oh, well, we heard that before. And then you mention general in the same sentence, and people go, hmm, what? Well, I don't but know. it makes sense. It makes sense for it them. It does. Uh, but again, so there's no information I have on this, right? Other than it, it's the general's, general, I think the piece that they need is a luxury brand. Yes, they have Cohiba, but who knows what may happen with Cohiba, right? And to me, that's a segment. Okay, they went after the machine made stuff, right? With Agio, mm -hmm. they went after a pretty significant, uh, you know, premium brand in Alec Bradley. Now the luxury brand is Davidoff, right? And I don't think the farms would be a, I, I, you know, I think I don't think the farms and the factories would necessarily what they're looking at there. I think they're looking at the brand more. 
if that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got the other thing, too, right? We talk about Davidoff, right? Well, who has the money to buy Davidoff? That's not, exactly the, the next not one. Not, Arturo, not, not Arturo Fuente. Not J.C. Newman. Not Espinosa Cigars. Not La Flor Dominicana. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe Fuente. Maybe Fuente. But I don't think they're targeting but, that. No, but they wouldn't do that. But you know what I mean? No, but uh, maybe Altidus, Altidus, probably not. Probably yeah, not. So there's not a lot of... Jay Cortez, maybe. I was know, just going to say, Jay Cortez, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, not Swisher International. Um, at least at this time, I don't think that that's something that... Toscano would be the other one. Toscano would be the other one. Toscano's huge. I know. I, I know. But Toscano would be the other one I'm looking they have, at. They have the capability. But would Toscano go after them? I could possibly see it. Okay. It, because they don't have... Okay, look, Toscano has their cigars, okay? But they don't have traditional premium hand, premium handmade cigar brands. So it gives them... It gives them a luxury brand, Davida, plus you get Camacho and Avo with that. And it's a European uh, company. Toscano's a European and, company. Right. And Toscano dominates Italy, but now it gives them a major presence in, in, in the whole continent now. That, that's one I, I, I guess. And Toscano, I know, has been looking at companies. It's not like they haven't. So I do, I, but I know they have the money to do it. Sorry, I'm just reading this comment from Dan Thompson. Guys. We are living in complex economic times. Unless somebody is distressed, the cost of money is very high. A very high. A place. A chill on M and A. Villiger does, and, and Jay Davis. Villiger does. Matthew Tobacco. It's true. Villiger's got the yeah. But does Villiger go I, after Davidoff? Possible. It's possible. So right there, we named. Only, only a handful of people. Well, again, you're looking. Davidoff's huge. Yeah, it's a big company. Now, let me ask yeah. you this question: If Davidoff was to sell to any one of the handful of people that we mentioned here, Alec Bradley got seventy-two and a half million dollars. What does Davidoff get? Now, I know I, it's going to be nine figures, but yeah, how, I how couldn't high? even begin to tell you because I'm not an expert in that. I will say, I was going to say nine figures. Nine That's figures minimum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean. And again, I think it's, the, and don't forget, there's a lot of brands that go with that. Uh, it, it's not just Avo, Camacho, it's Griffins, it's um, Zeno, Cusano. Uh, so there's a lot of, there are many brands that they have with that, um, for sure. So they could definitely, there's definitely some value in that. Now I don't know if Davidoff's selling. I just think they're an interest. I just think there are companies that would want what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm just uh, and, with, and I wonder, dealing with a technical and, and, issue. And, and I'll just kind of ramble then, if you're okay. So I wonder because they've really Camacho in the last few years they've expanded the international distribution of that a lot more. And I'm wondering if that's to make it more attractive, is if they get acquired. Sorry, say that one more time. So Camacho, the last few years, has really ramped up their international distribution. So now that it's becoming more of an international brand, I think it makes Davidoff as a company more appealing. 
Yes. Yes. Um, we've also seen Davidoff. I mean, they've been making some interesting moves for the last few years. They've done some different things. Um, um, we, we yeah, talk, they have. Uh, when we talk about the big four uh, just by themselves and compare them to each other, Davidoff seems, <laughs> at least in the last few conversations that we've had, seems to be on an island by itself. And it's a different. They have a different sales model for at least their their uh, mothership brand, mm -hmm. which is a pointed merchant model. Right. Um. Yeah. Which is you know that's the bread and butter of that company. Um. And again, we don't know anything. Um. You know, you you, you hear rumors, but you know we don't have anything hard and factual. But no, I mean you just you look at targets. You look at targets, and what are good targets? And I just think it's a good target company. Um, for sure. I mean, it's a family-run business, and maybe there's a point that this family who owns Davidoff they want to cash in. So, why wouldn't yeah? Why wouldn't you you, you look at offers? Yeah. So I mean, I, I I don't know. I I guess if it happened, it would be like oh shit. It would be kind of like a. But I don't think I would be like hardly shocked. Like oh my god, I can't believe they sold. I'd be like hmm. So I guess it was true, but. It would still be like, oh, shit, it's happening. But I wouldn't be yeah, like, I can't yep, believe yep. it's going to happen. I'd be like, well, yep. I knew that would happen eventually. Yep. Um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, and I think as time goes on in general, I think you're going to see more and more companies buying others. And I think you're going to see more of a consolidation of the cigar industry as time goes on. You know, I've heard Dave Garofalo talk about this consolidation. I think it's a long time coming, though. I don't think it's. Like, I don't think we're at the point like the airlines industry. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? We're we're a long way from that. But I've heard Dave float that theory out there, and a couple of different times I've agreed with the the direction. I, I, the big one I disagree is a few years ago he was saying the cigarette companies were going to go after the cigar companies. And I knew that wasn't going to happen. But some of the other scenarios, he, he I know he tries to kind of look at things and. Um, and it's certainly, he looks at things closely and it's good. I mean, you can try to find certain things and see if things make sense. Yeah. I mean, Dave's made some predictions over the years and some of them are right. He was right about the Alec Bradley one. He called that one last year and then this year, sure as shit. There it did is. he call Did he call Did he call it with STG? I don't remember that part, but I remember. Okay. I don't, I don't remember. I'm not saying he did or no. I'm just one. I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't remember it either way, but I'm going to assume that. What you're saying is true. I just didn't know if he called it. With. I, I remember that that uh, they said they they called the Oliver acquisition, but they, I remember they called it with STG acquiring Oliver, not Jay Cortez. So that's why I asked that. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's funny. I just saw a comment from Dan Thompson. Of course, consolidation occurs as FDA scares new entrants. Yeah, I think there's some truth to that too. Yeah, that 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 you know the FDA is going to do what they're doing. Yeah, regulated business. Yeah. And then Jay Davis adds in, and the owner of Altidus, whoever that is. Now remember, was it owners two or three years ago? Might even be three and a half, four. Altidus sold their sh their half share in a little company. Well, Imper well, Imperial sold it. Well, Imperial, yes, but their parent company sold off them. Is what happened. Yes. So. I don't know. You could look at it one or two ways. Did they try to cut some dead weight and 
get some cash flow in, or did they make room to acquire someone else in the future? Possible. Both are possibilities. I mean, they're not a small company either. There's definitely room there to do some yeah. things. I think that what Altidus has done versus what General has done at Slash STG um, are very different in the last couple of years, but not too different. Uh, they've no. STG's done more acquiring of stuff, um, but they're they're both kind of they've. And correct me if you or just tell me if you disagree. But the way it seems to me is they've both been kind of doing this reorganization of what they have, and putting certain things where they need to be. I mean, General made the whole Forge thing, um, and put all those brands under there, and then they kept their other brands, and now they're bringing in new companies and. Mo they're mostly putting those under Forge 2. Uh, Altidus has done some good things. I mean, they got Rafael Nadal, who's been doing great things with them and has really brought a nice figure face to them. Um, and I think that that's good for a brand. And, uh, you know, as we've seen, especially with the, with the family brands, um, the small family brands, having that, that figure face, the family person with the name and whatever. Uh, so I think these bigger companies who don't really have that are... are kind of implementing that. I mean, General's got all their ambassadors for all their different brands. You got Sean Williams, you got Justin Andrews. Uh, they had Laurel Tilly, but I believe she's with AJ Fernandez now, but she was like the face of Macanudo for a while. Um, so things like that, you're seeing more and more out of those brands trying to kind of organize themselves, so to speak, right? Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Go ahead. Or, or you know, the interest... So the interesting thing about Altidus is they have gone through a reorganization through a divestiture is what happened. But there was something interesting, and I didn't see a lot of people talk about this coming out of TPA. Um, but I did talk to Raphael in, um, at the um, Pro Cigar about this. They have a new line coming out uh, called Lion Leaf. That's right. And, and Lion Leaf's being targeted at the C-stores levels. And they what really wasn't talked about a lot was that Lion Leaf is kind of do they what they decided to do is Lion Leaf's gonna be sold by a different team. So they're forming a different sales team to sell those products. So kind of I in, in a way like general when they split when they split into general and Fords, I, I really didn't understand a lot of the logic, right? With the split. I still don't. But this one I understand. I mean, because there's a target it's targeted at C stores. So I kind of understand what Altidus did. I thought that was a very interesting move that they made. Very interesting move, yeah. And I yeah, yeah. was that at? I'm trying to remember. They were at TPA. They were. Was Lion Leaf there? I can't remember. I was told they were. I just can't remember. Okay, I know that story came out like the week before, but yeah, maybe it was. It, I mean, it, it makes it, sense it, for it TPE. TPE has a lot of C stores that go, obviously. So yeah, that story came out when I was when I was literally driving down to Florida. I remember when that story, and it was probably the one story that really caught my attention out of TP more than anything, because um, again, I just kind of looked at this like, hmm, they're doing something very different right now, um, as far as the sales model goes, and I, that always kind of intrigues me with that. Well, Mitchell made a comment here which I find very interesting. I expect AJ Fernandez Factory and Brands to get bought by STG. I don't think it's. A, I don't think they. I think the brands are more of a target than. I don't think they want the factories or the farms. I think the brands maybe. But I just don't see them wanting that. 
it's a lot of overhead that they'll have to take on with that. That's why I think Alec Bradley was such an attractive move for SCG is that they didn't have to take those pieces on uh, and take the burdens on of having those other things. Jay Davis says, AJ has been for sale for a while. It will be over $125 million, And like Dan Thompson points out, it will cost a lot to finance. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. I think there's definitely I don't know. I mean, it's, I've heard the, the SCG thing's been out for a while. I know what Mitchell's saying makes some sense because they can eliminate some middlemen, right? I just, yeah, I just, I don't know if it's necessarily, I, I don't know if how attractive a target it is for SDG. Actually, I, I'm sorry, I missed they, this. They, Mitchell also added in a separate comment, or maybe Altidus. No. I don't, I don't think so. I don't see it happening. I don't see that. All right, now, do I see Altidus possibly getting sold again? Yes. I could see that. But I, I mean, but I think it would be another equity group that would probably take it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because that's that's a big brand too. I I, yeah. I I would say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It would be another equity group. Yeah, that's what I think would happen. Sorry, throwing my trash away. Um, but again, I, I don't think this is the end. I think we're going to continue to see more transactions. Now, now Dan made some good points. Dan made the points of like you know with the economic times, and that's true. And obviously, especially if you watch the news in the last few weeks with with you know, banks collapsing. I mean, that's obviously a very big red flag on the economy. But be that as it may, outside of that, you know, this isn't like in the next six months kind of thing. It's just in the general sense of the future. could be in the next five, ten years, you know, which by then the economy could be up and down two more times. You know, yeah, as time moves on, I think we're going to see more and more consolidation and more and more transactions, especially by general um, and maybe some of the other bigger companies, you know, Jay Cortez may be looking to add to make another make another move. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised with that. They've done a great, by the way, they've done a great job with Oliva. Mm -hmm. I don't think they've gotten enough credit for the job they've done with Oliva. And you know, who's to say they get that all settled in where it's you know, okay, now let's go grab another one. Let's go do something different. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Matt, I was down in Nicaragua, and I saw some of the new facilities that they built for them. Uh, they have a new tobacco processing plant. They, they put some life into these brands again that were kind of stagnant for a long time. Um, I think the quality is still there with the consistency, still been there. They've done a great job with that acquisition. And if I had a look, you know, they, they, they and I think Swish has done a great job with Drew Estate, too. But I think Jay Cortez has not gotten the credit that they should. Yeah, and I feel like it's it's something that it doesn't come up in conversation as much as some of the other companies and yeah. things do, um, yeah. which is true. Yep, it's true. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And and I'll admit, in the past, I've been wrong about some things with Oliva that you've helped me see. Um, yep. No, I mean, a lot of, I mean, I'm wrong on things too, so don't feel bad. But you know, but as time has gone on and we've talked more and more and more, I, I can see more of it now, and I understand it yep. a little bit better. And and you're right, you're right. They have done a great job. Um, yep. Big brand, operating pretty well, um, getting good recognition. If um, they put if they put a consumer engagement model in Oliva tomorrow, I mean, that's what they're missing. They would create a monster. That's, I think that's a big piece they're missing with Oliva right now. Because people buy their products and they smoke. There's a lot of Oliva products smoked. They just true. don't, they have not capitalized on that consumer engagement piece. It's true. 
Yeah. Um, and it's funny. Gra- so Gracie Rodriguez makes a comment here. Whatever buyout court again, I just pray the quality of the scar industry does not suffer. And that's the other thing we've talked about too when it comes to these acquisitions. That's like almost one of the, f- if not the first question. So what now with the cigars? You know, you see these these buyouts, and then it's like, now what happens? Do the cigars suck? You know, do they stay the well, same? Do they somehow I get better? Like, how does how does a company buying another one and still could, you know keeping that brand on the market? Well, what happens to the quality of the cigars? Do they keep everything in place? They oh, we're going to change some things now because we're going to do it our way. What happens? Y- yeah, you know, the, there's part of me that understands that when you get bigger, it's mass production. So I understand, but then I've seen the quality controls. At, you know, at STG, uh, and they have great quality control. Uh, I think they've just missed some stuff with the market over the last couple of years. And what they've been, in, you know, they introduced 59 products and none of them stuck to the wall last year. That was their problem. That's true. Um, yeah. Uh, but no, there was some quality. Look, I'll be honest, there were quality. Remember that Firewalker cigar that came out? That was a disaster now, that, that cigar, quality wise. Turns out it wasn't made at an STG factory, though. Was that the Firewall so, whiskey one? No, no, this was the CAO Firewalk. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a disaster in quality control. And what I learned was that that was made at another factory and that they didn't use STG's quality control on it. But you know what? STG's name's on it. They got to take the hit on that. It's true. You can't, you can't, point, you can't point fingers. That was your, that's on your, your watch. And Jay Davis just put in a comment that's so big that it creeps into the video spot um, that I'm just, I'm just going to leave up there. Uh, for you guys to read because uh, it's just too long. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a topic, like I said, that we've been wanting to cover for a while. Uh, acquisitions obviously are a big deal. They yep. shake up the industry. They change brands usually. Uh, not right away, but in time they usually change brands. Yeah. Um, I, I've only seen four major acquisitions, like I said, in that I think have had the impact ones. It was now Alec Bradley, Agio, Swisher, and I'll leave it. Those are the four I've really seen. The other ones, they're more branded. They were more. They weren't company acquisitions. That's why I don't really. It, it, they make for good news and all that, but you know, uh, Tarano wasn't a company acquisition. You know, so. Um, but it makes for interesting things. You know, I think you know, not I mean, Matt. Matt at Room One Hundred One. I don't think we've seen what's going to happen with that just yet. I just don't it's have. Early. A, it's early, so it's a little early. So we'll see what happens with that. You know, the, I think the rumor was probably something Matt was already thinking about before the sale. So we'll see. Yeah, you we know, will. Will Matt be? Will Matt? Will Matt be a PCA? And if Matt's a PCA, then STG's at PCA. But if Alex Bradley's at 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 PCA, STG's there. I think both of them are going to be there. I I think so too. That's my gut. I my yeah. my gut feeling is we see them both there. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Time, time will tell. We're gonna find out. But you know, since you bring up yep. PCA, I guess is is it that time of the night? I'm gonna get into the we have to get into oh. the gossip. Uh, I know. Uh. We, we got Jay Davis here. We need we need to give him something to bitch about. We put him. Why don't we put him on? Uh. I'll tell you what. All right. I'll tell you what. Okay, we can talk about PCA. We can talk about PCA. I'll tell you what. Why don't we do something a little bit lighthearted first? That will okay. I, I think so too. Yeah. And then we'll uh, and then we'll go into PCA. Because oh, I'm I'm gonna get people are gonna be throwing things at me tonight. That's why. So, it's all right. No. It's all right. You know, it makes for a good yeah. show. But let's talk about yeah. something else really quick, just to give ourselves a break from heavy industry talk. Um, I just want to take a moment, really quickly, and thank everybody um, who has, in any way, shape, or form, helped 
whether monetarily or media-wise or whatever, with our fundraiser so far this year. We are just under our first two weeks with 32 days left to go still. And we're already at $10,285. Um, to give you some perspective, last year at this time, we only had like four or five grand. Um, and we're already double of that at this point in the game, and we're still climbing. Um, so just really proud of that. And really proud of everyone who's already donated, purchased raffle tickets, and played the game with us. It's, uh, it's such a delight to see. And um, just couldn't just again, I couldn't be more excited and uh, and happy and proud. And, you know, it's just it's just really special to see that kind of, you know, commitment from people. Um, I just wanted to say that and uh, really excited. I put the link in the comments. I, I pinned the I pinned the link to the comments on the Facebook feed. Let me actually do it on the other feed, too, um, just for those who are interested and want to um, check it out or otherwise, you know, donate or whatever. Um I just want to make sure that that's there for everyone. But yeah, thank you. And, and Coop, thank you to you. Cause you know, Coop, you have been, um, you've been a great friend on this too. Um, you've donated a couple items, uh, some gift cards to Corona cigar, uh, gift card to blue smoke of Dallas. Uh, you were the $60 donation that made that $10,000. Thank you again I for that. Okay. Okay. Um, not that that like it means anything, but you know, just thank you. I, you, you I, we had to just, I said, let's just get this over with going into the weekend. I so. know you're like, fuck it. We got to do it. So thank you, Coop. Uh, yeah. you know, you're always, uh, you're always looking out and, uh, so generous as always. So thank you so much. Um, really it's just, uh, it's just, it's exciting and it, uh, it means a well, lot to everyone involved. Well, I, I'm going to say you and Nicole have done an amazing job in two weeks to raise over $10,000. Um, and you kind of started you, – you were anxious to start this, right? Mm -hmm. So you kind of started this. You didn't have the Puente stuff, right? No. And first day, you had 4 like 4K out of the gate. Yeah. I mean, that was just an amazing job. So, um, you know, that's – to get 10000 I mean, remember, two years ago, this thing got – it was 7000 right? Yeah, total. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then last year, it was 20, it was like 20, almost 26,000. 25,500 dollars like, even. And then, and then Fuente matched it. Mm -hmm. But you remember there was a one big donation that came in on that last year, right? Yep. So, you guys are well ahead of the curve right now is what I'm just saying. Um, and, and like I said, $10,000 is $10,000. Um, and it, when you look at all the donations, it takes a long time to get that to add up is what I'm just telling you. It, it does. It does, and you know, we yeah. again, we really appreciate everyone who's who's already donated and come out and and really supported it, yeah. um, because it's uh, it is it's such a big deal, yep. and it all yep. goes to such a great. But it's a great organization. It yeah, really the prizes is. Are, there's some there's some really there's no bad prizes out there. There's some like rarities. I mean, I saw some of the stuff Fuente donated, and like wow, there's a lot uh, of rarities. I, I mean, look at this. Like, yeah, I mean Fuente. Look, so far there's, um, you know. There's an SD2 Pont Line 2 that we got from yep. Coles of London. There's a bundle of MF13s from 2011 bench samples. Those, sock those are Sokka's, right? Those are his from his personal collection that he oh, graciously yeah. donated. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Um, he's got this. Is LFD, obviously, has got a, a shit ton of stuff in there. JC Newman's yeah. got a, a handful of stuff in there, including the Angel Quests, which aren't even out yet. 
Um, United put in an Alfonso ashtray, which is unobtainable. Those are those are not unobtainable. Available. Um, I you know I had people asking me about. I I, I think they're only. I think the only place they have it is in the lounges. I think, if I'm not mistaken. If that, I mean, I if that, if that you're right. I do have one um, that I have otherwise acquired, um, and I someone well, saw it. You. <laughs> and, well, and someone's well, someone saw it uh, one time in in the background of a photo and asked me about it, and I said, you know, this was a gift, um, and I just I don't I don't even think they're available. And so when United said, hey, we're going to put one of these in, I was like, oh wow, and. So I'm like, yeah. hey, you know, you actually you could win one. <laughs> so that is in there. I know I've been getting yeah. some people ask me about that. So I mean, that's a rarity. Uh, yeah. That's not even the Fuente stuff. I mean, there's there's some really really cool stuff in there. Pete Johnson's putting in a mystery pack. Uh, Matt graciously donated a box of the 12th anniversary as well as his um, his candles from his shadow drop for those Room 101 people out there. Um, he uh, I was on an Instagram live with Matt this afternoon. And he added those in there, too. So there's going to be four of those that are up for grabs. Um, th there's a lot of stuff. Drew Estate, they got humidors and ashtrays, League of Ten ashtrays, D25 humidor, the big one, the big chest, the black and gray one. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. Uh, you have some stuff in there. Uh, Evan Darnell's Christoph. got some stuff in there for Red Meat Lovers Club. Christoph yeah. has two boxes of cigars. Hiraman Solomon has yeah. a box of cigars. Uh, I'm trying to remember it all off the top of my head, but it's just it's a, it's a very long list. Um yeah, there's there's gr there's there's great great stuff in there, and and there's more, and I have more. I just haven't posted it yet. Uh, yeah. I was gonna post more today, and to be honest with you, I forgot because I was busy doing uh, things around the house. But um, I'll try to get those up tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, there's I got a couple boxes of rare pink that are going up there. Um, yeah, there's some Fuente swag. There's supposed to be some samplers that are gonna go up there too. Some uh, Lanceros yep. maybe. Yep. Yep. So there's some good stuff in there. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, it's a great deal. So uh, great, and we've talked enough about the Cigar Family Charitable Fund. It's a great charity, look. And uh, when if you ever get a chance to go there, you'll see why it's like – it's just a really uh, great place. And, and a lot of people in the industry have been there, and I think that's why you're seeing the support on this thing too. Oh, yeah. I mean – and I think that's another part of it too. You know, we, we we did get to go, we got to see the school, meet the kids, and it was just like I gotta I gotta keep doing this. You know, it's a lot of work, but I'm like I gotta do this because I gotta help these kids. And um, I got back from that trip and I started working on this year's right right away. Start building the page, yeah. trying to make some changes, trying to make the experience better for everybody. Um, you know, and it that was like one of the first things yeah. I did. And yep. I'm just just really happy with the turnout we've gotten so far and it's oh, it's great it's great it's uh, it's oh that's right um the smoke in opus x from the great smoke 2021 thank you for that some yep, yep. uh, yeah i forgot about that that's in there too so that's another cigar that i don't think anyone can probably get now um he probably only has like a handful of those left so yeah uh, i think yeah, he's got them in the one. vintage room i think they're in the vintage room too so you know those are a handful left yeah I put, f I think I put five of them in my pack last year. You did that you I had did. left in my box, but this is a whole box you can get now. So, uh, which is a ten count box? It's a ten count box. It's a, it's a unique. It's the green box, kind of like the Dubai, but it's got the great smoke on it. So that was a true unicorn cigar. Yeah, and the boxes of Fuente that are up there right now are the twentieth anniversary Opus X, Father and Son. 
uh, Opus X Sharks, the Opus X Dubai, and the Opus 25 that they did with Ellie. Wow. Now that's that's the, that's that's a really big prize. I mean, that's a serious prize out there. That's oh yeah. So between the that's smoke and Opus X and those four boxes, I mean, you're, you're already talking thousands yep, yep, of dollars yep, worth of cigars. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, alone that have been donated. Yep. So, yep. Just uh, wow, what you what you what you could walk away with um, is yep, uh, exactly is worth it in itself. Yep. Um. So yeah, no, I just want to take a minute and talk about it. Like I said, I have, um, I have put the link in the comments, and sorry. Um, yeah, I put the link in the comments on both the Facebook and YouTube feeds. So if you're looking for it, it's right there. Um, it's pinned in there, so it should be right at the bottom. Um, but anyway. We'll move on. PCA. It's uh, it's controversy time. Here we go. Uh, get ready to throw daggers at Coop because apparently he's got a lot to say. So yeah. I'll start us off, Coop. I'll ease you into it. Sure, most people have heard the news by now that the Premium Cigar Association trade show, which normally takes place in the second week of July in Las Vegas, will be moving to March. Uh, I don't have the exact dates off the top of my head. March 20th to the 23rd. Is that right, Coop? 22nd to 25th? Yes. Something 22nd like that? 22nd to 25th. Okay. In March of 2024. Now, I know many retailers are excited about this change because they've been asking for a trade show earlier in the year. I know that there's a bunch of people who are not retailers, mostly media and maybe some other folks who don't love it because it puts it right in the log jam of every other event that's going on. Um, you have all three of the main factory uh, country festivals, uh, all but one of them actually probably, you know, it doesn't matter. But, um, you know, you have... Cuba doesn't matter. Yeah, Cuba, yeah, yeah. Cuba doesn't matter in this case. I mean, to, mo to most people. There's a few, yeah. but to most people. So, I mean, you have Pro Cigar in February... You have Pure Sabor in January? Or is that February 2? I'm not saying it's January. Uh, end of January. Yeah. It's right around. Yeah. Same time, TPE. Uh -huh. Normally, TAA. But it, we've been hearing that that's probably going to be moving to later in the year. So that takes that out of there. But TAA is also not that significant of an event where it affects most people anyway. Uh, um, that's, let's not even mention the TAA. We have the Great Smoke. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean the list just goes on and on and on and on and it's like well it's a lot of stuff all at once quarter one and then you get the rest of the year and you know you get some other things sprinkled in there but it's a lot of stuff in a short amount of time for people to be you know traveling every other week then add in like Coop you mentioned before uh, January is also national sales meeting time for all the manufacturers to take their teams down to the factories and the farms and do all their stuff that they do with that. Um, you know, Perdomo, for example, and many others who have their private factory tours. When do they do them? January, February. Why? Because they're trying to avoid the rainy season, and that's when the crops are at their ideal time in the fields for people yep. to come down. And So it's tough. I mean, look, Kevin and Barbara just got back from Camp Camacho right now in March. So that's another thing. Like, shit like that. I mean, it's... There's a lot of stuff 
going on at this time of the year. So, thoughts. Is this so, a good move or a bad move? It's not a good move. Uh, it's not, but let me say this. Let me kind of preface this. This is not the worst decision that PCA has ever made. Okay, they've made some. So, the thing is this, right? I um. Let's kind of go with this. First of all, let's kind of understand why this move was made. I don't believe it was necessarily the primary reason that we wanted to make retailers happy. Um, I believe the driving force of this was they did not have a good deal with the Sands. The Sands has not been a friendly partner in, in our trade shows. And frankly, if they're not a, fr a good partner, we should be looking elsewhere. So when you start looking elsewhere, now you kind of ask the question, maybe it is time to move the trade show. Okay. So one is I can't fault I can't fault PCA for moving out of the sands in July. You, you can't fault them on that. Okay. It wasn't a good deal. Too many people were complaining about it, right? Yep. How many of those people all right? So I can't fault them on that. But what I can fault them on is this. Um Look, PCA has sold themselves in the last few years as a full-service organization for the industry. They have been widening their scope and widening their appeal. And in the end, the, the people who are going to have the biggest burden put on this January date or maybe April date. But January is tougher. April, I can see maybe a little leeway. But it is the manufacturers who are going to have this. Because... All those events that you were just talking about and all those activities you were talking about are supported by the manufacturers, right? So you're just, you're just like you're putting another piece of, of stress on them on that. Here's the other thing I'm going to say. For the last few years, I've been hearing that the PCA trade show, it needs to be more than a buying show, right? This tells me it's a buying show because that's why it's being moved. And, and let's let's just stop saying PCA is anything else but a buying show. We could put activities around that, but it is a buying show because people are saying they want to do their buying in the first quarter. Next thing, media. You're 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 now you may, the industry is going to have less media coverage for these other things. Look, PCA is the big gorilla. They're going to get the primary. They're going to get my focus right. But now think about leading up to PCA. I'm slammed for six weeks prior to the trade show every year, right? So I'm looking at this. Now I'm looking at my calendar, March 22nd, and I'm going probably into mid-February where I'm going to be really, really busy. So I don't know if I now – now I have to look at do I cover Pro Cigar next year. I probably will, but do I cover these other things? And I think other – I'm telling you, I've already talked to a few other media people. They're in the same boat. And if you're getting less media coverage for these other events, you're hurting the industry with that. So I don't like I don't like the fact that we're also going on March Madness weekend in Vegas. I don't like that. It's gonna be busy. I don't, I, I've already heard from retailers here. They don't want to be away from this store. I, I don't understand this concept that you can't leave your store. I, I just don't, right? I I, I maybe in, in this is where I'm gonna get yelled at. I don't understand it. Like don't you, I see, I see people who go to PCA trade show all the time, leave their store for a week when they go on golf trips. 
Jay, I'm not including you. You're not one of these guys. So don't get mad at me. But I see this. I see we're going on Myrtle Beach golfing, uh, and, and, and they have someone run the store for a week, right? Or we're, we're going up to the mountains for a week, or we're, we're taking a trip to Vegas on our own. And I see them leave their stores all the time, right? And I, by the way, I see it during very busy times, Father's Days, Memorial Day weekends, right? How is this thing, I can't leave my store, like, for what, whatever reason? I don't understand it, okay? It makes no sense to me. And this is, I know I'm going to get yelled at, but I see it happen. So it, it's not, if I didn't see it happen in other cases, I can understand not leaving. But this, I, I can't leave my store during the fourth. I see it happen all the time. I saw it happen when PCA was in August. I saw retailers taking the week off, going to Myrtle Beach and stuff like that. So I'm just saying, that's what I've seen. So I don't get it. And that's why I don't want to get you up. So that, that's, but it's not the worst decision PCA made. So I don't want to like say I'm not. I just think it wasn't in the best interest of the industry here. Well, it's interesting. So Jay Davis commented, "The driving force was to make retailers happy. Retailers have complained since I joined the industry to not do the trade show in July or August. The Sands was more than happy and begged us to do 2024 in July." Oh yeah, that's why they moved. The, but that's right. It would have been very easy to say maybe PCA is looking for another city. Stay at the Sands one more year. This is being driven because it's a bad. It's bad to do business at the Sands. You know, I've heard. I've heard of dealing with the with the firm there. Um, you know, it does all, all the booze in there. I, I've heard. I've just heard it's not been a great deal for us, right? So I can't fault PCA if that's the case. Then let's move out of the Sands, right? I have no problem with that. Yeah, I mean, I know that people complained when it was at the convention center because they didn't like the host hotels. But then they're they complain to the they're Sands, gonna, and they complain that, well, it's so expensive to do PCA. And it's like, well, because you're at arguably some of the most expensive hotels in Las Vegas. And Las Vegas today is not what it was in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. No, no. It's very different now. Um, I, I didn't have a problem. I didn't have a problem with the convention center. But but I rented a house, too, so. Um, right. So I didn't stay in a hotel. So. But I stayed at the, I stayed at the hotels with P, uh, TPE, and, and they're fine. Yeah, I mean it's not the ba- it's not the Venetian, but you can stay at the Venetian if you want. No I mean, stopping you. With TPE, most people either stay at the brand new Resorts World, which is a nice property. I've stayed there, uh, the Sahara. I've stayed there. It's not that bad for a sixty-year-old hotel that's undergone two facelifts in the last twenty years. Um, to be honest with you, the Sahara was kind of a little bit nicer than uh, fucking what's the other one we've stayed at. Um, uh, Treasure Island. I, I wanted to say Tropicana, but I'm like, no, we didn't stay at Tropicana. Treasure Fair Island. Enough. Yeah, I, it's a nice hotel. I agree. It's not in a better location. That's the, that's the that's the drawback. Right. So, um, you know, it's, and then I think the third one is the Westgate, which is formerly the International Hotel, uh, which is, yeah. Westgate used to be the International, and then it was a Hilton for a while. Yeah, right. Hilton had it for it a while. It was International. Yeah. And then they sold it to Hilton, and then it became a Westgate property, and now it's just kind of just an yeah. old, dying, look, old-school resort. Look, Las Vegas Convention Center is undergoing a major expansion on top of everything right now, too. They are. So, yeah, so it's a big, you know, th- there could be opportunity there uh, for future shows maybe in Vegas. Um, there is nothing wrong with the Las Vegas Convention Center as a, I think, a facility to use, We've but... You know, again, I you know, I know, you know, look, 
some of the options out of Vegas, which we, I think we wait to see what happens with the PCA with that before we talk about that. But Vegas is – I don't like Vegas, okay? But it is the best place to have our show. Uh, I'm going to say that it's still the best place to have our show. And I'd rather have it in Vegas in March Madness in March than have it in New Orleans any other time of the year. So I will, I will say this, that, you know, that this it's not the worst decision that was made. I just, like I said, I go back. I didn't think it was in the best interest of the industry. But I definitely don't want it in any – I don't want to have it in New Orleans any time. Well, I, I, think, uh, I think the first shot has been fired at Coop uh, from John. Do you own a store? Do you uh, know what it's like to leave your store at the busiest time of the year? Timing is everything. Um, oh, come on, John. Don't give me – because I see – I told you. I just see it all the time. I see retailers leave their stores all the time to do it. During Father's Day, I've seen it. I've seen it time and time again. So the answer is I don't know and I don't own a store. My son has worked the store. I've seen my son. He handled the store fine while his owners were, were doing stuff. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't – maybe some cases it is. I don't see it. I don't see it. You, 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 I just don't. So maybe I'm wrong on this, and, and I understand I'm not a store owner, but I've, I've observed this enough now. I, I think it's an excuse. I think it's because people don't want to be in Vegas in July. I think that's more of the reason there. Well, it's 117 you're gonna degrees. Tell me how, are, how are people going to leave their stores during March Madness? It's, that's a huge cigar buying time down here in Charlotte. How are they going to leave it? Right. I mean, I, and, and that's a fair point, too, but that is a busy time. Um, yeah. You know, when it's the same as, like, you know, Super Bowl Sunday, March Madness. Um, it's because they didn't want to be in Vegas in 119-degree weather. That's what the issue is more. That's why I think people don't want – that's why I think they wanted it out there. They, because, I mean, it's like that's where I see it more is – well, I also felt like there was an argument to be made that people didn't want it in July because they felt that it was they wanted to have all the new stuff come out or at least announced and shown earlier in the year and then hopefully get it in earlier in the year before, you know, the May June rush of the, you know, especially the summer stage, right? Like Florida Kind of where you are, the southern belt there, it doesn't really matter because it's kind of almost an all-year-round smoking area. But, I mean, yeah. you have the northern half of the country, like where I live, where, I mean, most people, I guess you could argue, don't smoke a lot between, like, November to, like, a month from now, right? Because yeah. they smoke outside, and they can't because it's fucking cold, beyond cold. Uh, so it's like a summertime thing. So yeah, of course the summertime is the busiest time. Cause that's the only time when people are really buying and smoking a shit ton of cigars. And then they stop for the winter because they, they don't, they don't, not everybody has an indoor warm place that's ventilated to smoke like you and I do. Um, so there's that argument's been made that yes, that's why it's busy because that's the time of the year when everyone is buying a lot of cigars in the half of the country in the colder States. And then it's, well, the trade show comes in July, we see stuff and then it comes in, Maybe by the end of the year, and you know, then the then the summer rush is over, and it's like they got all these new stuff, and the, you know, they people are like, well, if it was earlier, we could see it, order it, and hopefully get it in, so that way when it starts to get busy, we have all these new things to sell all summer. Yeah. And I think that's also part of the argument too. All right, so let me ask this question: When's July Fourth weekend this year? Uh, the first week of July? I don't know. Uh, what do you mean by yeah, that? The tra okay, so July 4th weekend is the weekend of the, I believe it's the first, right? It's so the week before the trade show. It's the week before the trade show, right? 
the week after the trade show is not July 4th week. That's why I'm kind of – now, the 2018 show was the one trade show that it was a big problem because that was – people were away for that weekend. That right. was an absolute big problem. I mean, I'm just telling you what I've observed from the stores I've been to around the country. It's that weekend after is not quite the hit. It's I understand if it's that July 4th weekend, but July 8th is not July 4th, and people are usually back in the saddle doing things at that point. Again, if you, people don't want a trade show in Ju- July, that's that's a different issue than saying I can't leave my store because I just don't. Again, I don't see Christmas time. You know, I see people leaving the like le- the weeks leading up to Christmas, like there were ski trips being organized with people in the clubs. Thanksgiving week, I see I see it the same thing. I'm like, how is this like? If if there are, I just have not seen I can't leave my store scenarios at other times of the year, and I'm not July Fourth. There's bigger weekends than July Fourth, too. I'm not saying July 4th is not the, a big weekend, but I would say Father's Day is bigger, Master's Weekend's bigger, um, the weekend leading into thanks, Thanksgiving weekend's bigger. You know, there's bigger weekends, is what I'm saying. Um, and then John, so John has, a, I think, another question for you here. Um, you observed or reality? My son worked at a store, so I guess I, I it was in between. Okay. Okay. And I and look, I'm like, John. I'm going to say this in all due respect. I don't know the store situation you're in, so possibly it's a very different scenario for you. Okay, I just haven't. Like, it, it's I've seen when my son had to work, and I've observed being in the stores. The one thing I will say is, I would say a majority of cigar shops. I don't want to say are on the smaller scale, but the, there's not a lot of shops like smoking. Going to PCA and doing a lot of buying either, are they? I'm not trying to be I'm being honest here. I mean, hold that thought for a second though. I just want to like add this in there. Not a lot okay. of shops are like Corona, Smoke In, Two Guys Smoke Shop, um, you know, CI, any of the big shops like that who have people like Abe and Jeff and Garofalo who can just walk away at any given time to go do stuff and they already have 40 employees that run the business every day, right? There's a lot of shops out there that are only made up by a handful of people. Um, and I think that there's a, definitely a voice for those shops who feel like I can't get away because there's only five of us. And then you get shops like, you know, the small percentage like them where it's like, yeah, it doesn't really matter because I have 40 people at any given time who can run the business, you know, and they don't even need to call me and ask me a question. So, yeah, I mean, there's people like that, but then there's some small shops where it's like, I think you know, the owners are like, I got to be there because, you know, I, I need to run the ship. So, I mean, I think it's a mix. Okay. okay. So let's say I'm completely wrong and off base on my, my assumption with this. Okay. So let's just kind of, I, I, I have a different opinion, but let's say I'm wrong and that is the case. Okay. How is March Madness any better than 4th of July? How is that better? Because, again, I see, you know, I see that as a very busy time. People want cigars. They want to watch games. It's, um, I, I see that. So, how is that better? Um, March, 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 March Madness weekend. Well, I think you're going to get the argument that not everyone is into March Madness, but almost everybody is into celebrating not, a holiday not, in the summer. I'm not either. Okay. Okay, but you're celebrating the holiday the week before. That's why I keep going back to this. It's not like it's not like that weekend is if the Fourth of July 
if the show is being held uh, like June 28th to July 2nd, I get it. It's being held July 8th to the 12th. Or July 8th to the 11th, so whatever. And it's after that. That's why I keep going back to that. Maybe some people look at it as, hey, like we're already going to be taking, you know, some downtime for the holiday that week. You know, people who have kids, kids are finally out of school. That lighter is dying. Okay, okay, um, I can see. Some and now it's like, okay, okay so now there's another trip the week after, and it's just like it's a lot so, to happen so, in two so, weeks. So, so now you're doing it during spring break when the kids are off. Is I'm just kind break? of saying is I don't think this. There's a reason why we got those dates, is what I'm telling you. I thought spring break was in April, like well for younger Depend kids. Well, I think it depends on the part of the country you're in. But again, I'm just saying. So I, the week I was in, I was in Florida last week, and it was spring break week. So I'm just kind of saying it's, it. I think like in New York, you can, I think it's a little later. Okay, but I'm, again, I'm just putting these scenarios in place that I don't see this as a silver bullet to solving the problem. Um, other than if people want to do that buying in the first quarter, I get it. You know, I can't argue that. But, and I get that people didn't want the show in July, so the PCA had to move it, right? I can't fault them for that. I just don't see this as a great thing. I mean, look, anytime it comes to the trade show, there's always going to be um, – there's going to be – You're never going to have a perfect time. You're never, there's you, always going to be chat. Look, I wrote this. You're never going to have make everybody happy, right? Now, I'm going to say this is not – again, this is not the worst decision the PCA made. I think they, like I said, they had to make a move. I just didn't think this was in the best interest of the industry. My feelings on whether you need to be in your store or not, I think that's a separate issue entirely. I just, like I said, I see a lot of hypocrisy, at least with some people. And I think other people, maybe it is a real problem for them. So I don't want to diminish that either. But um, I'll tell you this. Some of these big retailers, do you think they don't have their orders ready before the trade show too? They all have their orders ready in place. Like it's just They just go in there at that point to go through. And maybe they're going to check out some new products at that point. So, Jay said, agreed, also, it is tough to ship your booth when the cities change. Expect the shows going forward to mid-March to mid-April instead of early July. Um, John says, you're picking and choosing. It's different depending on where your shop is. And uh, Dan Thompson, Jay Davis, yes, booths just cost money. Packaging and tobacco take time. A predictable March to mid-April is great. Uh, so I mean, there's a lot of feedback here, you know, with the, with the yeah. viewers that are with us tonight. And Look, of there's no doubt people. That, yeah, there's no doubt that that uh, they were PC. Look, you got to give PCA credit; they responded. They did, and this is something that has been talked about for 13 years. And give Scott Pierce credit for this. Um, this is not a bad move by any means. It's, I just don't think it's a silver bullet in the best interest of the end. That's right. I, that was my article's point. What I wrote about that. Uh, and there's other things in that article too, you know. I think there's, you know, I think. Look, I'll be honest with you, right? How how brilliant if if you're if you're if TPE's breathing down your neck, right? What did look, this was a brilliant move? I don't care what anybody. This was a brilliant move. You now basically, if you know that if if choices are going to have to be made, you're you're the big most of the companies going to choose PCA. So yeah. you just basically went head to head with your competition, and. And look, they've tried everything TP to get make that the premier show. And to their credit, I mean, they've offered incentive. They've offered to pay for retailers to go out there for their hotels. They've given tickets for free. They've given media passes for free. They've offered financial incentives to manufacturers to release new products. Like they've tried everything, right? But I think the thing is, PCA is still PCA. 
So now they've really PCA's basically now up the ante here in in this competition here. So you can look at that and say, that's a smart move. And that if you're looking at it from the competition standpoint. So Gracie said, <clears throat> so what will be the magical time then, guys? There never is one. May. I know Jay disagreed with me on that. I think early May is the point. Right. I would do it actually the weekend after Mother's Day. It's before the summertime. Yep. It's I know it's, it's hot a little bit after that, that first three months of the year where there's just a lot of stuff. Remember when TPE did their show in May? I thought it was the most brilliant time to have a show. I said if anyone could get that spot, like that's when I think I would do it. I could, yeah, I would agree with that. I think May yeah. would be good. It's it's kind of in the middle of the two yeah. the two evils, you know what I mean? Yeah. You now it's funny. Yeah. You mentioned TPE competition, right? So do you, same time. You remember when TPE was in May and then seven weeks later was the PCA in twenty one? And, and, and there PCA was a lot won of people. That battle. I don't. Yeah, I think PCA won that battle too. True, but there were a lot of people who didn't show up to PCA, who I know said to me, "Well, we went to TPE. Number one, it didn't make sense to go back out seven weeks later um, to do it all again, and then kind of like that. And sometimes with Part B, we sold everything we had at TPE, and there's nothing to sell at PCA. So why are we going? Now I know that that's a separate argument in itself, but. On the business side oh, of a manufacturer, to send people out, have a booth, whatever, blah, 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 travel costs. I mean, I get it. If you have nothing to sell, it's like you're just there. I, I, under I understand both sides of the argument that would probably be made there. All right. But so now here we are in more of a permanent. That was a that was a pandemic temporary situation that just kind of had to happen. and It kind of sucked. Well, no, but it's an important situation because this was look brought up where to we are now. Well. well, OK, look at what you're going to be facing from July to Mar July 2023 to March 2024. All right, you're essentially going to have three trade shows. Are people going to buy in all three of those trade shows? That's no. that's not a real no, they're not. It's a lot of buying. And and do people yeah, I mean I am just saying some there's there's going to be there may be some people who skip this year's trade show saying, "You know, I I can't stand Vegas. I'll just wait till March." <sighs> and I'll get and I know I'm going to get the deals. Right, I know I'm gonna get the deals, so I think it's a I you know, and that was brought up to me. Uh, I don't know, if the, yeah, but uh, it was brought up to me on that, and so I think it's a valid point. I mean, you don't have unlimited budgets to do this stuff, so but I think that's a short-term thing. Okay, I think that will correct itself. I think once once this corrects, and they like, we're not gonna ever see another summer trade show at least in my lifetime again. So it's gonna take a few years. I don't think it's gonna be a silver bullet like you're gonna see. I don't think you can see all these people show up in next March. I just don't think you're going to see that. I think it will be – I think the show's on the upswing, but I think it will be like 2025, 2026 when we'll see if this was a really good idea or not. Yeah. So, first of all, we have the news of the 2024 show. Yeah. Now, we still don't officially have news on the 2025 show, although we're told that we're going to hear about it soon. Although, I mean, it's not really a secret, so I'm just going to fucking say it. Um, you know, it, it, th there's been a lot of mentioning of the PCA show in 25 will be in New Orleans. Um, same time, March, April, but in New Orleans. So. Um thoughts i'm gonna i'm gonna hold off on my once that decision is made then i'll kill it or not um but here's what i'll do i'll say in the meantime 
Just remember, guys, just remember the 2015 trade show in New Orleans. And and tell me if that was a good show. Uh, now, the only thing you won't have is the oppressive humidity that we had there. But that aside, you tell me if that was a good experience type of show. But let me see what the PCA is going to bring to the table with that. Um, like, when they did the show in New Orleans in 2015... Um, I'll just kind of say this. We shouldn't be giving New Orleans a trade show. This is this is a this is a city that doesn't like tried to ban smoking. Like they ban they put a comprehensive smoking ban. The only reason why we had that trade show in 2015, we were committed to the city already. At that point, we should not be awarding our Super Bowl to a city that doesn't want want smoking. I, I don't know how else to say it. I, it's a I, I I can't fathom that. Um, I can't believe that like anyone would want that in New Orleans. I think now you're gonna. I think you'll see pushback on that, right? If it's in New Orleans, because I think people, they can like, there's people like I said who disagree with me on Vegas, but you know what? There's some enthusiasm about this show going to Vegas in March. I, I can't, I can't argue that point. Sure, absolutely. So, yeah. I, I mean, I'll admit, like, yeah, it'd be nice to, to have like 75 to 80 degree weather versus 115. I just think it's the wrong message we're sending to, to um to the like we're sending a bad message putting our show there. if we can find any other city but new orleans i'm okay with that i can't believe that new orleans is the only option that we have with that i and thought I'm i heard someone say possibly nashville i heard that thrown out from two different people i don't know the validity of that What's, but I, I thought i heard that well yeah let's I guess that's why i want to wait and see what the pca says and then i'm sure pca is going to do some things to make the experience better for people so i want to see what they're going to do before i really kill it but but i have the fundamental problem of giving this show to new orleans if I had a vote, I would vote resounding no. I don't care what the financials were with it. We could, it's, it's wrong. Like, would, you put the, would you put a Super Bowl in a city that basically didn't have, you know, didn't support their football team and it left? The NFL doesn't do that. They took Super Bowls away from L.A. for years. I mean, so I don't – why would we do – why would we give our Super Bowl to New Orleans that they put the, one of the most comprehensive smoking bans I know they may get exemptions, but the but the general principle is wrong here. Now, uh, John said, "Why would you go to a venue where they don't want you?" They don't want you. Well, well, they do want us. That's the difference. They want the money. They want us. They want the money. They want the money. They want they want the money. But you know, I think part of it is I think if we can find like Nashville's another city that's getting tougher with their smoking too. So, but it's happening all. But New Orleans already has the ban. That's why I'm like, I just I I I don't know. I'd love to see it go back to Orlando. Yeah, I thought it was a good show when we had it in Orlando. What year was it in Orlando? 2012. Ah. It didn't have the central places. I get that, right? But I thought it was still a good trade show, a good convention center. Um, and there was still plenty of places to get together. Well, New Orleans, just – everyone get to New Orleans. Just rem- go, dude, go back in your memory banks when we were going across town. It was, like, it was impossible to just like – do networking. It was really tough. So. Well, I thought I heard that the convention center wouldn't be available for 25 in the March-April era because or timeline because of the renovations. And they're leaving the sands. And there's not many other places in Las Vegas to host it. So that's why they were considering going to another city. But I have um, no problem. I just It's New Orleans I have a problem with. It's New Orleans. That's where I, that's where I have the problem. And if the convention now, center is still game for us to be there after the renovations are complete, do we see it remain in Las Vegas? I think I think everything I've heard is, I, and I don't want to speak. I think they would like this in Las Vegas. 
as much. I just don't think they want it back at the Venetian. Yeah. So I think they need, and I think they need a better business deal with that. I, I, I support them on that. And if they can find other, you know, if it's, whether it's the Las Vegas Convention Center or someplace else, right. Um, I don't have a problem with that, um, you know, per se. And, and so again, it's not the worst, you know, thing leaving the Venetian. The Bar Luca will survive without us. Yeah. With their yeah. $50 minimum tables anyway. So. Yeah, it's not like Bar Luca is the uh, yeah. Jay Davis doesn't have to drink fifty dollars worth of Diet Coke just to sit down, or um, Rainier doesn't either. Rainier, Rainier had a yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, so no, I, I, I look, look, they didn't want us. Yeah, like I said, it's the old. You don't remember the old Circle Bar? That was much nicer, right? Because it was a little more roomy, and they had these nice couches, and it was the best kept secret for about five or six years until everyone figured it out. No one used to go there. No, it's funny. Jay Davis said, I would love to see the show in Nashville or Fort Worth or Miami, but we need the city councils to approve the exemptions, and that hasn't happened. Miami. So, and maybe I'm just being ignorant here, right? But Miami uh-huh. wouldn't work with them on that? I mean, Florida, I mean, it's one of the most cigar-friendly states we have. But Miami's Dade County is a little different than the rest of, yeah. Kind of the politics are a little different. Uh, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, we know I mean, you Miami, would love. To, we, we we know you would love to see it in Miami. Oh, give, I would, but give you know me what? another I excuse actually, to go. Yeah, but actually, I'd rather see it in Orlando. It's closer. Yeah. Well, because you would drive, wouldn't you? I would drive to Miami too, but yeah, it's, it is a little closer. Um, but I'd love to see it in Miami or Tampa. Tampa doesn't have the room either. I don't think right now. Well, I thought we talked about that. And, yeah, Tampa didn't really have the room. Um, there wasn't many options there. I think Jay had no. mentioned that in a previous show. Yeah. Fort yeah. Worth I didn't know was being considered. Fort Worth. Oh, here we go. Jay Davis. The Orlando show sucked. So he disagrees uh, we disagree. with that one. We now, Jay, Jay why, do you, why did you dislike that show? Tell me why. And then we can kind of go from there before we just start fighting over stuff like you know, um, but anyway, yeah, but Fort Worth. I, so ha, did you hear about that? So Mitchell said, what about Texas? Um, I feel like I, I haven't, haven't heard, heard about Worth. Texas in conversation. I haven't much. heard about that. I haven't heard. Maybe. I mean, I've heard some other cities come up besides that, but I hadn't heard Fort Worth. But maybe it is an option. I'll have to bear the pussy on that one. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, in terms there, of, you know, the PCA show itself. Um, you know, being moved to March or April, I know it's it's a little bit of a shock, but at the same time, as much as maybe we don't love the exact timing, it is a good move. Um, and again, it's going to be transitional, right? So this, not this year, but you know, the the show after that, and maybe the year after that, going to a different city, it's going to be a jumbly couple of years for this trade show, given all of this information. But I think once we yeah. get through this and we get to its Next final resting place, which I think will eventually be back at the convention center. Yeah, we've, we'll we've see had a couple of these. We've had a couple of these in the past. Like 2010 was New Orleans, 2011 was Vegas, 2012 was Orlando, 2013 was Vegas, and then we had 2014 Vegas, 2015 New Orleans, 2016 Vegas, 2017 
Las Vegas Convention Center. So we, we've had this, you know, we've been a little spoiled, I think, having it at the, at the Sands for the past five years. So, um, you know, we, you know, we have been spoiled. I think sometimes we do have, conventions do have to go through this sometimes. Yeah, I think it's part of the growing process, you know, and things change. And I think ultimately there's a goal to try to just set it in one spot and kind of be done with it for a while. Um, Jay Davis said, no place to smoke after show hours except outside, and it was 400% humidity. See, like that, I could see. Humidity was bad. The humid, it was Because they had this in August, too. That's the difference, though. They had it in Orlando August, so in now, March or April might be better. Right. Um, it, but it can get hot in Orlando in, in March or April, too. I, I can honestly say that. But, but yeah, it was it was brutal now. Um, I didn't know Jay. I had a, uh, I had a uh, Airbnb that had pretty good smoking. So, oh, but, uh, oh, yeah, but, but no, but they had the Corona cigar events, but they were intense. Um, there were a lot of like smaller venues that you were able to go to in Orlando, but I just thought it was a good, I actually thought the convention center was a good convention center. I just thought it was really well, well run. Jay threw another one in here. I would love Chicago. The old McCormick would work, but they won't do it. And there is no place to smoke after show hours. And see, that's the. Pr- and, but again, I keep seeing Jay say there's no place to smoke after show hours. So here's the problem. In 2023, most of these big cities, you don't have places to go and smoke and socialize, which I think is a huge part of the trade show. That's why people might argue and say, why. "Oh, well, it's a business show." Yeah, but there's a huge social aspect to it. Las Vegas is great because you can smoke <laughs> almost anywhere. There's a lot of places all close together. Infrastructurally, yeah, it, it's good for that, right? <coughs> you have tons of hotel options. You don't have to stay at the host hotels. You can go on your own, figure your own shit. There's 200 and something hotels in Las Vegas. You go to Orlando, and you got like 20 hotels, and you can't smoke at any of them, probably. And, you know, you got Corona. I mean, you don't have a lot of places. Not everyone's going to the same place. I mean, you also have... Um, fucking cigars on the avenue i mean you have who else is down in orlando i mean i don't really know but it's not like there's 40 shops you, know, you, know, you got hustler not too far hustler a that's right about a half hour yeah about a half hour out though they're about a half hour out you need a car but yeah john says coop if you were the pca what would you do and where and when would you do it <sighs> good question I would have – what I would have done is if we couldn't get a date, I would I, I would have put this in April. So this is the unpopular – I would have kept it – I would have gripped with the Sands one more year. But I I can understand them moving that. Right? So I – but I would keep this in Vegas. I would – and if I could do it, I would go for April, May time frame. Uh, just avoid Easter and Mother's Day is what you want to avoid. So I would not go past April, like May 15th, and I'd probably, you know, make sure it's sometime after April, the first weekend in April. But I would, I would, I would try to keep this thing in Vegas because I think Vegas, as much as I don't like Vegas, I think it's the best place for, because our, our convention has a very social aspect to it. And it's a very important part and a social part is smoking at night in places. So, I, I like I said, I, I, I probably would have, personally, I would have grit, gritted it one more year. No one would have said anything. And then next year, just find a place that's a little better time than 
than that March date. If you could, if you could have pushed this into April 9th, I, I wouldn't be bitching as much about this. I, the other thing is the March. I just it's just too much with the March date. It's too much going on in the industry. Well, Jake, I'm trying to get through a couple other comments here on the screen um, before I get to Jay's comment. Um, but he just he just said what I was going to say is probably a big part of the, the problem too, and that is Coop. Great suggestions. Those dates didn't work. A lot of companies booked out trade shows for years after COVID. And I was going to say, too, it. you suggested yeah, yeah. A, a kind of a small window, and it's like, but if it's not available, then what do you do? I was, like I just said, we, we, we kept it at the Sands one more year. Right, no, but that's what I know, kind of rhetorical. Yeah, that was my, but, yeah, that was, because I think it wasn't the best move, because I think March was just too early for it. That, that's kind of, that was just my whole thing on that. You know, again, it's, you're into spring break, you're into March Madness. Uh, you're into all this other stuff that's log jam that is important, and these manufacturers, it is a burden on them because they have things they have to do to support these, and some of the smaller companies, it's a lot more of a burden. Right, them. right. So, so um, but one, I, I understand they had to get out. I understand they had to get out of the sands. I understand that part. So, uh, you know, it's, that's the part I do understand. Not the worst decision, just not ideal in my book. Now, Moving on to other PCA stuff um, outside of the timing of the trade show. One thing I wanted to mention is that the PCA has launched a new website for the trade show. Have you seen this? Yeah, they did a good job on it. They did. thought it was nice. Um, yeah, they did a very, good, very nice job on it. Good job. I hope that we see again what we saw last year with the uh, media highlighting that was done. Uh, I hope Great get, job by the PCA with that too, and I hope that they, we we see that again this year because uh, cool, yeah. we really appreciated it. That was a really nice touch, um, yep. and it's nice, you know, it's well, nice I, to get the recognition yeah. for being involved too. I mean, yeah, and look, they've done a great job with the media, and that's why look, despite this logjam, PCA is my top priority next year. Yep. And so Me too. Yep. So there's no doubt. It's not the and I, and like I said. I'm glad you brought that up, Matt, again, because I think we it was a big step for recognizing online media last year. I thought it was a – I never thought I'd see that day. Yeah, um, it was. It was – It was. that was important. And I think I speak for all the other media that we know uh, that, that meant a lot to them. Um, that was really special to yeah. see. Uh, you know, look – Media has come a long way. There's a lot of us, you know, we take it very seriously. We, we put a lot into it. So just to get the recognition for, for playing a role in that is, uh, it's so yep. appreciated. But. Yep. No, I do. Yep. Great. As good job. But they have a new URL for the website, too. That was good. I thought it was an easier URL. PCA, you know, show.org. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I think that's what it is. Um, yeah. The, uh, the other thing I wanted to say was. Another PCA news thing that came out this week was that they have hired Antoine Reed of Deep Cuts Live yeah. to be their director of – is it director of content? Director of content. Director of content, yeah. Um, so his role is going to be exactly – it's going to be mostly he, – he'll be like the media correspondent. What exactly – I didn't so take I have it, it right? like that. Okay. Yeah, but I didn't. Okay, I didn't take it like that, and that was I know I was messaging you on it. So, 
I took it more as he's going to be content building for the, for the PCA. Okay. Which is on their website, you know. So I, I envision it more of maybe their own content. Um, I don't know necessarily. Maybe he'll be the guy who interfaces with the media. But, I, you know, I know there's a lot of things they want to really improve that website that they were talking about going back to 2019. And they needed a content person to do that. Um, and I think the PCA needs to also do, deliver their own content as well. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'm assuming he's going to have probably overseeing the magazine as well, is what I would say. And I think he's... Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's how I looked at it. I didn't necessarily see him as the media relations guy, but that's possible, I guess, right? But I didn't, I didn't see him as that. Uh, maybe he'll write press releases. I don't know. But I see also a lot of that probably for Cigar Action he'll be involved with too, I think. Uh, they need content on that piece too. Jay said social media mostly and other top secret stuff. So as long as it doesn't turn into Cigar of the Day – like we see at Cigar Rights of America, I think we'll be okay. As long as it doesn't, or it turns out to be the reposting of the print magazine article, right? Yeah. So, you know, and I'll be honest, that, uh, that's, I see that from CRA all the time. And uh, Oh, yeah, Marvin, so, hello. I mean, that's what that is. Sorry. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, so, but as long as, it's, like, I don't have a problem if they do some of that Cigar Today stuff with PCA. Just as long as they're not taking their eye off the ball with the other stuff. Right. That's where I've had the problem with the CRA content. Well, because they don't really post a lot of what's going on, at least with PCA. Like, you know, they're they're sending stuff out. They're telling people what's going on, bills and this and that, the FDA. CRA, I mean, once in a while I get something from them that's like, oh, shit, like this went down in the courtroom today. And yeah. it's like, yeah, about time you sent an email. Would I would I go back again with with PCA with content around the show? There are thousands of articles and videos that are produced out of that trade show every year. You have all the content already. I don't know. I mean, I I, don't, I think you should be leveraging that content from your if you're gonna say now what media provides, leverage a lot of that content. I don't think you need to recreate that content. Is where I'm going with. It's there. I mean, there's, there's, take advantage of the media part. We want you to share our content. Right? I, I don't think they need to develop. Uh, their, you know, I think they should produce some of their own content. Don't get me wrong. But, like, the stuff with the booze and everything, it's, it's all there for you. You got, like, you got us. You got Half Wheel. You got Smoking Tobacco, Coop. Uh, how about that cigar? Dojo. You got all these, you know, all these brands. There's plenty of content. You guys don't need to be spinning wheels recreating the wheel here. It's true. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff to be done there, and that's why I think most of us in the media, uh, it is one of the top priorities in terms of events of the year. Yeah. Uh, that's why everyone flocks to it, and there's, there's yeah. a lot there. I mean, TPE, you know, you weren't there. Dojo wasn't there. I think Dojo was down doing a factory tour. Um, you guys had your reasons. You guys were otherwise located. But we, um, we, we did 34 articles on TPE, Matt. So there was a lot we did on TPE this year. Right, um, right, yeah, but I'm just so saying, like, it wasn't it, but it's not like PCA. My my point being is, it's it, like PCA. It, it, it's like it, it, got to be there. I mean, it's it, it's a priority. Yeah, it's a big I mean, deal. It's a big deal. It's our Super Bowl. It's our industry event. Yeah, it's it's important to be there. Um, but you know, do you want like when I go back? I think there's a lot of things that PCA needs to do better on with their own content. Maybe I think Cigar.org, You know, they I shouldn't be reading about 
legislation from Half Wheel. I should be reading about it from the CigarAction.org. Right. That's where I should be reading about that. Nothing against Half Wheel covering. They do a great job, but that's something I think the PCA needs because I think they need to have the PCA spin on that. I think it's important to have a PCA spin on that. Yeah, it's not bad that Half Wheel covers it. It's just the people still cover, should but yeah, cover but it or not. Yeah, I mean, I think, and I think they've done a good job before Antoine's got. I think Josh is Josh and Glenn have done a great job in their roles. Uh, they, oh yeah, they don't get enough credit um, what yep. they've done. So good for them on that. And I think I think like I'll say this, Antoine. I I think the world of this guy. He's the most unselfish guy in the world. One of the nicest guys you'll meet. He's good at what he does. He did a good job with tobacco business. Absolutely. Um, I think he's a great hire for the PCA. I think he was a great hire. Um, I'm very happy for him. Yeah, I think we all like Antoine. I think I mean, you can't dislike Antoine. Yeah, no, he's good. He's good, and you know, even recently, I mean, he he's been helpful trying to um, help us with you know get the PCA to help you know promote um, the CFCF fundraiser, yep. which was great. Yep. And yeah, um, he, he's been very helpful with that, and we were yep. working together on some stuff. And I have to say, you know, CRA, you know, they got the information, and then I got a phone call from a certain person who oversees the social media there. Um, wanting to talk to me about it because they were they needed more direction. And it's like kind of like, well, it's really not that hard to figure out. Like this is an industry yeah, thing that is charity, and you know, just help us, you know, spread the word. And it was like too complicated for them. And it was like, okay, well, if you can't handle this, how are you going to handle legislative stuff getting posted on social media too? Well, they, you know they, I mean? and, they like, and they don't, <laughs> and they don't. Yeah, because it's apparently it's too complicated, right? Because they can't even I'll, get that out. You know, okay, but 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 okay, Matt. I'll give him the benefit of that. If you give him the prescriptive guidance, can he do it? I mean, if he can't do it after you give him prescriptive guidance, then there's no hope. Well, I gave them guidance, and they still haven't done it. So, sorry. I mean, I don't mean to keep hating on the CRA, but you know, it's it's like you know. Uh, listen, you know, I'm not even going to go there, but they they need help. They <laughs> do. They got to stop putting up cigar uh, Ashton cigar pictures and cigar aficionado articles and start telling people about things going on. Yeah, yeah, I know, and uh, it's. Yeah, I'm just gonna say it's embarrassing, and I know there's people are gonna not, not like that yeah. I say it, but whatever. I mean, that's my opinion. No, I mean, I, I still, I, I look, I couldn't even get, I, I couldn't even get my CRA credit card changed. <laughs> so I, I mean, I couldn't find a place on the website. Now the oh the answer the it's the, fucking the shameful. I have an update on that story though. Um, it turned out that the credit card I had on there wasn't the one that got um, expired. So I got billed from I got they, they were able to bill me. Right. OK. But the point is, what if I wanted to, you know, I still wanted to be able to easily change it. Right. So what if you wanted what if you didn't want to pay in? Well, you know, I, yeah, exactly. Um, and that wasn't what I was looking to do here. Right. But yeah, I felt like it at one point. But no, I'm not going to do that. But but yeah, it should just be an e this is just basic e-commerce. Being able to change your account, credit card on your account, and and I had other people look at it and they couldn't figure it out either. So it wasn't just me. So, so John asks, with all that's been said about the PCA in the last three years, have they or have they not put the PCA in an upward trajectory? I think they have. Absolutely, absolutely, John. Um, yeah, they have. I mean, this is not a this is not a a big blunder. Again, when I talk about this, I, personally, I don't like it, but I can't. You know, this is not a bad thing they did. The last thing I really beat them up on was was Cigar Con. That was absolutely terrible how they handled that. Um, but um, they have done a great job, uh, especially through a pandemic, what they accomplished. 
Yes. And they had to, you know, furlough some staff. And they have done a really good job. I mean, I'm telling you, like, we couldn't even get people in the PCA to talk to us 10 years ago in the media. That's how bad it was. Now I feel like we have great access. And I feel like I can make candid comments. And Scott, I can have a conversation with Scott or anyone else. And I feel like I can have an intelligent conversation. Um, so, and I think they have put improvements into the show. We saw the improvements in last year's show. Yeah, they we did. did. Great, they had a really good show last year. And they should be commended on that show. And the year before, they put a show on in 100 days. And they did a good job for that. So they, they have to... I can't beat them up too much on this. Uh, I could disagree with them if they go to New Orleans and stuff, but that's, you know, that's me. Right. And, again, after what we just said in the last few minutes, they're still doing better than CRA when it comes to a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. That's they, just the they truth. really have. And they do much better than the TAA. So. Look, the deal with the, go, the, well, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't even go there. <laughs> I'm not going there. No. You're not going to go there at all. No, when I, I did it Thursday night, I'm not doing it again. I, I, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my blood pressure up. That's why I'm not doing. It. Okay. Uh, and there's an article on Coop. You can see you can see the article on Coop. But uh, oh, I'll ask you a question, Matt. What was what was Rocky Patel's TAA cigar last year? I don't know. Everyone, no one's been able to answer that. It was the Rocky Patel Decade of Mono. But that's all you need to know. All right, so that's when people don't know, like a Rocky Patel TAA cigar, there's a problem. So, and no one's answered that question. I asked Aaron that. I've asked a lot of people that. No one has been able to give me the answer to it. And with the exception of three, maybe maybe four, of the TAA cigars that were released last year. Yeah, yeah. Most of them were not great. I found the PCA exclusives to be better. They were. Be oh, look, I think I was very critical of the PCA exclusives. I think they were much. I think they did a better job last year. I, I'm not the biggest fan of the program, but they did a nice job. Again, I think PCA they put some out there the first year, and what do they do? They they find ways to make it better. And and so I'm kind of this year along the lines of let's give them a chance and see how they can develop the program. And I think that you know, with like I said, with the exception of the only good ones I think I had last year that were TAAs were both of the LFD ones. Tatuaje, Diesel, and I feel like there's one more. Well, the Gurkha, they did, Gurkha did one in Gurkha, that blend. Gurkha was good. That was they did a look. Gurkha really did a good job with that. Yep. Um, you can't but, argue. You can't. But fall. the rest. But the rest. I mean, I don't think I smoked every. You single didn't one. know that there was a Rocky Patel one. I mean, that's a no, Rocky Patel. No, we're but, about. but but the majority of the ones that I did know and I did smoke. I mean, I don't want to look. I don't want to throw anyone down, but. Was you know, not impressed. Cigars. Not well, impressed. Well, no, and there's that's in the whole article. There's we have not been impressed with this. I mean, we've talked about that on the show. It's there's there's no. You have to ask yourself when you make a TA cigar, is this on par with some of my best stuff, and is there something differentiating about it? Like you have to ask those questions. Putting out like a Lancero and a uh, that you had out five years ago is not the answer. So. It's almost like it has a kind of a lazy approach. Bear used the word "check the box." It's lazy approach. They don't even want to. They don't even want to promote their own cigars. And I, and I guess I've gone there. I basically have said now I don't like. I have a bunch of 2022 TAE reviews that are going to be published. 
I don't think I'm doing it. I don't think I'm covering the 2023 or certainly not doing reviews. I can't justify doing 20 cigar reviews for 20 TA cigars when the traffic's not there. I mean, I could get away with it when it was 12 or 13, but now that's way too much. So I, I, I have to make some decisions here. So they've got to make some – I think they've got to figure out what they're going to do with these cigars. They, Providers look at kicking their butts right now. People know more about Provada cigars than, than again, the TA cigars. So John asked a question here, and I think he meant to say engages. Uh, and he says, can you tell me how the TA helps, or should I say engages the everyday cigar smoker? Nope. <laughs> I don't think I Coop's going to go there. No, I don't think I can. <coughs> I think it's an organization more for – I think it's more of a club. That's why. And um, it's a retail club. club. Certainly, a retail club where certainly retailers can get together that, that are um, kind of um, more of the higher performing retailers or whatever you want to call it. So I think, I think it's that. Um, they have buying power, so they get discounts on cigars. <laughs> Those discounts are not being passed to the consumer. They're get, it's being passed to the retailers' pocketbooks there. So I can't. I'm not saying it's 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 a wrong organization, but I, I it's not something that I think helps the average person. Unless they if they can come out with some really unique cigars, and maybe that's another case. But I just haven't seen that. I mean, to me, TAA is it's not really worth covering. No, we we've uh, I could tell you like I sh- the number in the article I wrote. I showed the numbers at the top 500 cigars. Uh, since I've typed 500 articles on Coop, only four were TAA related. Like, these are supposed to be elite cigars. I mean, by the top cigars, top manufacturers, top retailers, and they're not even, like, look at how the companies promote this stuff. It's a joke. It's embarrassing. In fact, it's embarrassing the way these companies promote it. Oh, yeah. I agree. Look, I agree. look, Glenn Case, Glenn Case put a picture of, like, on my comments on the Facebook page of his, of his TAA cigar. I never got any information. I just put a picture up of it, right? But I read the article on Half Wheel because Half Wheel probably saw it and called him up, right? So, but I can't justify chasing down these cigars because they don't get enough traffic. So, if I happen to have a conversation with someone or they send a press release, that's how I'm going to handle it. I can't chase down 20 cigars. It's just not worth my time. And it's not, the readers aren't, the readers aren't asking. If the readers were like asking for this stuff, then I'd chase it down. I have to say, people ask me about PCA, they ask me about TP, they ask me about, you know, other events. I generally don't really have anyone who ever asked me anything about TAA. Nothing. Not a single question. I've, I've about put TAA. I've put question I've put questions up. Hey, is it worth me covering TAA cigars? I get I don't get many yeses. I I, I, I get like no's or in or just not non answers. So like it's I don't telling care. me Yeah. They don't really care. I mean, um you know so they don't. I mean I'm not going to redo the whole thing I did Thursday in the article, but and I'm not trying I went to make a bunch you do of it. No, 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 no. But I, I went through a bunch of points that I think try, I tried to be constructive this year, and said this is what I think the TA needs to do. I think there's things they can do that are easy things to do that they can fix this fix this problem. And and guess what? If they want to have 20 cigars, they could probably really do it. But uh, I put a lot of this on the manufacturers, though, not all on the, the organization of the TA. The manufacturers have not done a good job with this. That's true too. Now, LaFleur, I mean, LaFleur's done a great job with this. 
I mean, I've talked to Carney, I've talked to Lito, and they're really into their TAA project. And you know what? I'm going to cover that, right? Because they do a great I, – I have some insights already into the one coming out, right? I don't have all the details, but I have, I have some information. But I'm excited about what they're doing, like, and, and I know that, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah, it's going to be something different. I know that. I can tell you that. Yeah. It'll, it'll be something different. And right. that's really it's something different. And, I think it's a, it's a, and it's a great – I don't want to say because it's a – Carney said a little bit of it on our show, but – I won't give. I don't remember what he said or not said, but um, it, it's a cool concept. It, the concept is really cool. What they're yep. what they're working on. Yeah. And, and I'm excited. About that. That's something. And, and they they take that so serious. And Pete does too. Um, I mean, Pete. Pete honestly, Pete, I Pete. think Pete is Pete's TAA cigar. I think is the only TAA cigar that most people actually that know Pete, about. Yeah, I would say it's the three are are Pete. I go in this with Pete, Lafleur, and Crown Heads. Yeah. Those are the three. Mm, that was the fourth. Crown heads. Yeah. Crown heads. Crown heads. Does a very. They do a really good job with their TA cigars. Yeah. I may not like every one of them. They're out, but they they do a nice job with the concept, the packaging, the the you know um, the communicating with the media. They did. They do a good job with that. Everyone else, lackluster. Uh, lackluster. I mean, if anyone, I should put. I should have put a contest so anyone could find out Rocky Patel's TA cigar from last year. There was one that came out. I want to say it was in a bundle, and I remember smoking it and saying, "Hmm, kind of missed the mark on this one." I think you know which one I'm talking about. Was not impressed, which is sad because I like the people, but I thought the cigar just underperformed. Didn't like the flavor on it at all. Just didn't have the right complexity, balance. It was just kind of a mess. I was just like, mm, yikes. And to be honest with you, I didn't hear anyone talking about it either. And it's a big name. Just, I don't know. Coop, did you freeze? Oh, shit. He froze. I thought he was just in like a pause to what I said, but eh, apparently he froze. We lost him. All right, he'll be back in a second. Looks like it's just me. Oh, there he is. Yeah, I froze. Okay, so did you I, hear? Did you hear what I said? Or yeah, I heard. You? I heard everything you say about the bundle. I don't know if you heard what I said. I, I didn't hear anything. Slow. No, there was just silence. All right, we'll just keep it as silence. But TA cigars should not be in bundles. Yeah, paper bundles. Yeah, or 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 plastic bu- or cellophane bundles. And there's been a. It's not one company. A few companies have that. They should not. And and I think that's you know one thing I'll say, Matt, is I talked about this. Craig Cass is a great retailer in Charlotte. He has great merchandising for his TA cigars. He puts it in a nice cabinet, humidified cabinet, really on display, nice, and and, and treats that series how it should be treated. And I think and I've said this. They should. Aaron and I talked about this Thursday night. They should merchant every every TA retailer should merchandise the TA cigars in a cabinet where and it shouldn't get mixed in with the other stuff. And the idea is, look, if you if you're in the cabinet and someone's looking to pick up Pete's cigar and it's in the cabinet, maybe they see um, they see um, Gurkha's one in there or something like that. You know, it, it's a way you can kind of cross sell some of those other ones. So I, I think merchandising, they could take some lessons in merchandising on those cigars. I mean, look what Lafleur did. They offered most people offered just one blend. LFD offered two, a natural yep. and a Maduro, and they right, did yep. it with Solomons, which is like you know one of the most sought after sizes that anybody makes. Let alone that's the floor. It wasn't cheap, but I'll say this: it was the, it was a great job. 
That was that was, in my opinion, why every they did everything right. And I've, John's heard me say this, right? They did everything right with that TAA release. They did. They did. They did everything right. They checked every box uh, really well. Um, they promoted they, they it. Told us what, they could have told us when it was shipping, but that's another story, right? <laughs> but, uh, but for the most part, I think they did it. They, they, they announced what the cigar was months ago, too. And it was, like I said, it was just well done. And, and you know what? I understand it's a $35 cigar, but I just went to the LaFleur factory. I saw them, what, they, what all the pain they go through making Solomons. It's it's understandable, mm-hmm. and it's a really good cigar. Yep, two really good cigars. They did great. Lafleur is they should abs they should absolutely people should be looking at Lafleur and Pete as the as the model here. And I think a lot of people missed the mark. Again, paper bundles. It's not a it's not a classy way. No, I mean I he knows I picked on him about it, Michael. So I picked on him four years ago about that. And and so I just I don't I don't think that's that's the way I think paper bundles you know I, I I think they have a purpose I think they're great for online retailers I think it's a great option for the online retailer where you're not having to display it so I, I do think they work in some cases and Jay said I would like to point out that Padron's PCA exclusive didn't ship until mid March last year and this year's PCA exclusive still hasn't shipped. Wait till wait till this year's PCA exclusives. They may you may have another PCA trade show before some of these cigars ship. It's true. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, yeah. Which is which is an issue in itself, but I think some manufacturers are worse with it than others. I'll say that. Yes, I I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. I think there's there's a there's a small handful that I think are the worst offenders, and I think yep. Jay mentioned one of well, them. Well, I I did make a bet with Abe this year. I predicted Fuente Padron comes out this year, and I bet him a couple signed dollar bills on this. That it comes out this year at a certain time or just this year in general? This year. So it's got to come out before December 31st. He thinks it's going to be next year. Well, the fact that I they were doing prototype tasting at the Whiskey Fest Big Smoke uh, a few weeks ago, I thought that that was interesting. I thought it was too, but you could read that two different ways. You could. Yeah. Because last time I heard, at least one of them didn't even blend the cigar yet. I don't know. I've, I've heard they're both ready to go. Okay. So, okay. We'll see. We'll see. No, I, mean, I can't I mean, can tell you. I can tell you. I know the boxes are being produced for it. So they're not just in a prototype phase. They're being manufactured. Um, that's all I'll say on that. But I know that the boxes are at least being made. So, I mean, that's an indication that they're ready to go. They're making the boxes to fill them, get them ready to ship. So, if they were nowhere near ready, why would they be spending time and resources on mass-producing boxes yep. for it? Um, yep. But, yeah, I think it'll be this year. I'm with you on that, too. I think it's this year. I think it's this year, too. I think they want to both get this done. They want to get it done, move on. Padron's got another anniversary they got to focus on. Um Fuente's got stuff that they got to get rolling on. I mean, we're, I mean, we're a couple years away from uh, the next milestone for Fuente, which I'm sure they're going to be working on. Padron's got their 60th next year. We'll see if they land that on time. Uh, which we talked about this in one of the last shows with all the anniversaries that are coming up. You know, Pete's got his 20th this year. Um, you know, John says Coop, you better pay up now. It's early. It's early. Early. Oh, there's it's a lot early. of time. Uh, I'll, lot of time. I'll, I'll pay up. 
I'll pay up. I'll pay up with it. Jay said Padron Fuente collab announced for Father's Day 23. That was at the uh, that was at the big the Great Smoke a Big Smoke. The Big Smoke. Yeah. The Big Smoke. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I wonder how Aficionado feels about this move. What do you mean? Well, it's only a couple weeks after their their big smoke event, Miami, the PCA. Oh. I wonder how they feel about that. Just just wondering, yeah. Interesting. That's true. I think Pope Marvin may not be happy about that. I'm just saying. Yeah, but does that affect it at all? Probably not. Being being happy and yeah. actually changing it are two different things. True, true. I don't know. Like I said, it's going to play out. Um, yep. Coop, I think we're getting to a good stopping point here. Um, I think we covered a lot tonight. Yep. A lot was said. Yep. Uh, unless yep. there's anything you wanted to add. No, I don't mean to be a negative Nelly on everything. Like I said, I want to make it clear that I think um, – before I, I, you know, the the PCA should not be beat up over this, um, and I disagree with the time. I have my reasons, uh, but at the same, time, I'll go back to it. Said they had to move. I think they had to move the show out of the Venetian, and I think they had to move it out of July. I get that. So, um, but you know, so I don't want to be negative on it, and we're gonna we're gonna adjust our schedules, and we're gonna move on with it. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll see how it shakes out. Like I said, um, yeah. it'll be an adjustment, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. And you know what? Yep. In the long run, maybe it will some, be for the best. Oh, well, yeah, we'll see. Man. I, I'll, make, I'll come back a couple years later and say I'm the first person wrong about this. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think that's it, guys. Thank you for uh, being here with us tonight. If you're watching with us live on all of our platforms, thank you very much. Or if you're listening later, thank you for subscribing. And if you haven't, please like and subscribe everywhere you can get your podcasts on all the podcast apps, as well as on our YouTube channel, our Facebook page, and everywhere else that we are. And as always, visit SmokingTobacco.com for more news, reviews, and updates, and otherwise information from the cigar industry. And don't forget to check out our 2023 Cigar Family Charitable Foundation raffle that's going on now until April 26th. There's some awesome prizes in there. We highlighted them early on the show. The link is in the comments section. It is pinned in there. I don't know if it stays pinned like after it's live. I think it does. I think it stays there. But if not, any one of our social media pages, you can find the link somewhere. If you go to smokingtobacco.com up in the, up in the uh, navigation bar, you should have charity 2023. It'll take you right to it. Um, you can buy raffle tickets or if you want to make a general donation, that's awesome too. Uh, we appreciate it. I want to thank everyone who's already come out and contributed. Uh, we really yep. appreciate it. So great show. Uh, next week we got thank you guys. We got uh, we got Rebecca and Jason from Ash Quarterly on our show. Oh, wonderful! They're good folks. Yeah, really good folks. And yep. um, so they will be on with us, and then it should be back to our regular schedule two weeks from tonight. We'll be back for another spare we'll notes. Be, we'll, we'll be back, yes. And uh, we'll have even more firepower to release on you guys. So with yeah. that, we will see you next week. Take care. Thank you for spending your time with us at Smokin' Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit SmokinTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.